This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Halloween was always my favorite holiday since I was a little kid. Not sure why, folks, but I was very creative. I got that, obviously, from my mother's side. I mentioned that on the show. My great-grandmother, I'm sorry, my grandmother, my mom's mother, Kazuko Uchida. Kazuko Pettigrew was her married name. She was an artist. She was a costume maker fantastically creative person and so she passed some of that on to my mom and that's where i got it from folks and since i was a little kid i loved to make costumes i made puppets everything from muppet like puppets to the more goblin type puppets and wanted to be in makeup effects special makeup effects and so i went to college at the art institute of philadelphia for industrial design because they had a makeup effects department and during college i went out to los angeles with a friend of mine who had relatives that lived in that area and i just hated los angeles and decided that is not where i am going to live (laughs) and throughout my career i actually had to bounce back and forth to los angeles many times so halloween was always my favorite holiday Uh, i thought maybe i was going to end up with a halloween baby but that does not look like it is going to happen. It's crazy because my wife and I are both very punctual. We're the type of people who show up to a meeting 15 minutes early. Many of our friends operate uh, on a different time schedule. They show up days late. But so we figured this kid was going to come early. So we got past that premature stage. We got past the due date. And we're obviously not going to have a Halloween baby. So let's see what happens over the coming days. But anyway, I hope you have a good time on Halloween. I don't know if you're going to a party, if you're taking your kids out trick-or-treating, whatever that may be. I hope you have a fantastic time. Unfortunately, I didn't really plan anything for Halloween. I don't even have a costume because I thought either one, we would be in recovery mode and spending the last couple of days with our child, or we'd have our child popping out today. And as you know, we were doing the home birth, so I was thinking there would be kids knocking on the front door and hearing these moans and screams in the background, thinking that maybe we were running some sort of a haunted house, but it would actually be my wife in labor. But that is not happening. So, folks, what I did uh, for today's show, believe it or not, I just had a guest on, old friend of mine, Chrissy Piccolo, 
who is working on a book. And so I was going to try to get a couple different friends on for a Halloween special, and not everyone was available. So I said to Chrissy, actually, I was about to record uh, an additional episode trying to wrap up on Peter Thiel and Curtis Yarvin and this whole concept of the techno-fascist king that they're promoting, of which I'm going to record next. I'm probably just going to do that today and get it out of the way. It is fascinating, folks. I'm continuing to read some additional articles, and it is some pretty scary stuff, definitely Halloween material. So anyway, Chrissy gets in touch with me about one minute before I'm about to record, and she says, yeah, I could jump on. And we just had a three-hour and 15-minute conversation. This is why it's great when I don't speak to my friends for a while, because there's a whole lot to talk about. So we get into the United Nations agendas. We get into COVID. We get into vaccines. We get into technology. We talk about escaping the matrix and some of the plans that she's been working on. In her personal life, we talk about sort of the old days on Twitter back in 2015, 16, 17, and now what Twitter will look like under our saint, Elon Musk, the purveyor of free speech, a fantastic gentleman. We get into Peter Thiel. We talk about the technocratic king agenda. We talk about government contracting. We talk about brain chips. We talk about Elon Musk. We talk about virtual reality and augmented reality, retina scanning. We talk all about um, religion, misdirection, facial recognition. I mean, we get into pretty much everything in this discussion it was nice to be able to bounce a lot of the concepts the stories the white papers we've been covering over here uh over to a friend a friend who isn't as i would say woke as i am but she's pretty damn woke to the matrix folks and so the last few months she's kind of unplugged from all of social media and she's been working on a book that she wrote uh, several years ago and finally decided to unplug, stop paying attention to politics, stay away from this crazy world we live in, and get back to something she loves and enjoys, which is writing. So she finally got the first of, I guess it's a three-part series, but then it has other books that are going to come out of it. And it's all about uh, uh, an investigator. It's kind of based on her alter ego the character's name is kirsten kelly and it's the kirsten kelly chronicles and so this person is an investigator who is uncovering all of this injustice inside of the legal system and it combines sci-fi with thriller a little bit of fact a little bit of fiction and so we goof around a little bit and talk about the book at the end of the interview but the first few hours folks are just jam-packed with so much information and i forgot that chris and I were co-producing the Douglas DeCody show at the time when COVID land, the high school theater production broke out and her mother lived not too far from the original ground zero. If you remember, it was a senior center, this original ground zero of COVID land, the high school theater production. So Chrissy went there and was actually doing a little snooping around while all that was going on because she never bought in to COVID. I don't think she ever wore a mask. She's not jabbed, doesn't have boosters, obviously, never got tested. And so we were talking a little bit about that, reminiscing about those days. So it's uh, really, 
really great, folks. We talk about some Halloween stuff as well. I get into history of the uh, razor blades and the candy narrative that was out there. We tie that into the techno king fascist scheme taking place by Peter Thiel. So um, it's really a great interview. Now, Chrissy does live out in Washington State on the ocean in a small little cottage and a storm was rolling through perfect for halloween and so there are a few times when her connection is a bit spotty i'm not going to go in and edit all that out because we recover within a matter of seconds when that occurs sometimes she gets a little robotic sounding but uh it's not unbearable it's something that i think you could deal with i would hang in there because there's a lot of good nuggets I can't even remember the things I was talking about. I was kind of updating her on the stuff that we're doing here. And so, again, it's just a very in-depth conversation. As some of you may remember, I went on her show uh, not long ago, maybe a month or two ago. And I aired that here at the Dustin Gold Standard. And this time, she came over onto this show. So I really appreciate her doing that. I am working on trying to get Maria Albanese on as she's been doing additional research into the Peter Thiel and Steve Bannon stuff that I'm researching over here. It's just so much information to weed through. And this conversation with Chrissy really helped me with that because it was great to have someone to bounce these things off of. And I started to fill in some of the blanks here and trying to really understand what this technocracy movement is doing and how they're going to try to push that in to play here. Uh, as you know, my belief is that we are already living under a quasi-technocracy that's basically been implemented via the so-called private sector. And you'll see in the next episode, 77, I'm going to get into more of Curtis Yarvin, the Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the new right and the dark enlightenment. I found some really interesting stuff. And so they talk about basically poisoning the idea of government both on the right and left to force people into a situation where they no longer believe in their own world view and that will ripen them uh, for the taking and be able to then push them into this concept of this monarch in which uh, Curtis Yarvin is behind. And as I've talked about on here several times, I just want to sum this up because it's important. They are advocating for Donald Trump to run under this idea of a monarch, of being a monarch. And that what they want to do is essentially tear down the legislative branch, Congress, and the judicial branch, basically ending any illusion of representative government or uh, due process, and then abolish state and local governments, driving them uh, under federal command, and then take all the local police and force them under this centralized government run by a king, and then get rid of the academic institutions as well as the media. Now, it appeals to people because we, the last... Uh, two and a half years under COVID land, the high school theater production, and then under the entire Trump presidency 
had the veil lifted on corruption, sedition, treason, criminality, election fraud. And so we look at the whole entire system as being completely rotten. Uh, you know, which it is. I mean, we don't want to ignore that. And I'm a small government guy, so I'd like to eliminate 99% of the government. But I'm not going to be tricked into being led into uh, into a technocracy. And that seems to be what the solution is. So on the next episode, 77, I'm going to get into that because I'm trying to look at things through the eyes of someone on the left and what they've experienced over the last six years as opposed to looking through it uh, at it only through the lens of me coming from the right and what have I experienced and try to see how their worldview has been shattered as well. And then that will allow the boogeyman to come creeping in and offer a solution to all of this, which I think is the technocracy. So we get into that. Uh, Chrissy and I talk a little bit about this stuff. I mean, little mini wargaming sessions, but I think you're going to find it to be uh, fascinating. I mean, I did, and like I said, it really helped me start to think through some of the stuff that we've been talking about here. So hopefully I'll be able to get Maria Albanese on soon. She's co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays so that we could wargame this stuff. She has been studying Bannon and these grifter movements, and I really need her to come on and fill me in on that, which I think will allow us over here to try to paint a clearer picture of what it is that these guys are trying to do, folks. This is not an accident. We are living inside of a real-life Halloween thriller funhouse is basically how I see it at this point, and sadly... The bad guys are winning. Um, on November 4th, I'm going to have Jim from the Hotwire come on, and we're going to talk about central bank digital currency, hopefully stakeholder capitalism, and the Bank for International Settlements. And Jim is going to fill me in on what is happening on the financial side and how they're going to drive people into the central bank digital currency social score system using the bait of UBI, universal basic income. And many of you may know this, but Andrew Yang, who ran as a Democrat um, back in 2020, was pushing the idea of UBI on the left, uh, basically saying that it would only be fair for the government to turn over universal basic income, basically a check for 1000 to $2,000 a month to folks as they are being replaced by robots and artificial intelligence. And Andrew Yang was backed by none other than Elon Musk. So you would say, why would Musk want that information out there? And I don't think people realize that Musk was behind Andrew Yang, but universal basic income has been a tenet of technocracy for a very long time. So folks, when we get back from this break, a three-hour interview with Chrissy Piccolo, folks, hang in there. I'm telling you, it's fascinating. It's a fantastic Halloween special. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back from this break. Happy Halloween. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. It is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I told you we would have a special guest for Halloween. We may have some more people dropping by. I was going to try to get someone to come on and do a whole interview as Vincent Price because he's my favorite Halloween actor, my favorite uh, scary movie actor, but I couldn't, so I got the real-life Mickey Mouse, Chrissy Piccolo. How are you, Chrissy? (laughs) Good. How are you? Definitely the real-life Minnie Mouse voice, that's for sure. (laughs) You didn't know I was going to say that, did you? No, I didn't, but that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I was telling the audience before the break, I was going to have a friend of mine on, and I went on your show uh, about a month ago, and uh, so right. the audience knows, Chrissy and I met back in probably like 2015, I was doing a Donald Trump impression, yep. it was back when I had the comedy business, and I was kind of marketing myself obviously in the trump sphere and chrissy reached out and she had a podcast at the time with douglas Dakoti, and so she interviewed me and then her and maria albanese and then eventually dan golvach and douglas Dakoti, and everybody were were friends and chrissy and i were co-producing douglas Dakoti's show for about a year she had producing been producing his show for like a year before that and uh, so we've done a lot of stuff together chrissy we've been through it all as the audience knows here i'm pretty much post politics at this point i'm worn out with cheering on trading card heroes and political parties and all this other nonsense and so i told people that you've been sort of stepped outside of the matrix the last several months and focused on your book that you've been writing which we're going to get into uh later but you used to be addicted to twitter i remember that were you not yes i remember that i was so addicted. I now I realize it, but you know when you're in it, it's so exciting because especially you know during the 2015 campaign with Trump and all that, you know I mean we were just uh, just on Twitter having so much fun. It was actually fun back then because we weren't getting uh, censored that much at that point, right? Because that came in what 2018, the big the big purge, pretty much. 2017 2018 so that but prior to that it was getting really fun and i i mean i had an account with almost fifteen thousand people following me and you were one of them and uh that's how we met pretty much on twitter and and we had so much fun and then the the hammer came down in 2018 and i lost i've since lost four big uh twitter accounts so i guess I should wear it as an, uh, you know, arm of arm honor, I guess. But you know, yeah, a, ba- a badge fine. of honor, or or you could wear a Nazi armband. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's Halloween. No, I tell the audience all the time. I think I lost from 2015. Until now, I think I had lost like six or seven accounts, and I had a couple accounts that organically I grew to, uh, not huge, but like one of them was forty or 50,000. I mean, it hurts when you first lose them, because back then, when you're in the trenches, and everyone was making memes and videos, they actually had you convinced that you were saving the world through a meme or through a video, (laughs) and so when you lost it, it was like somebody cutting your arm off, you know? 
acting. Oh, well, you know, I mean, I was devastated when mine were uh, my my first my first couple were just I mean, I was devastated. I was so depressed. I was like so upset. And to think that this social media thing was completely I mean, I was on there 24. I mean, so much. It's insane now that I think about it. And so, you know, I always say things happen for a reason and I'm kind of grateful now that it happened because, you know, but yeah, you, especially in the, I, I want to say it was the summer of 2017. Uh, wasn't it the summer of like those video memes people were doing all over the place? So that was a blast. So, and everybody's on Twitter. That, that's the thing. And so, you know, it was just devastating. And then the latest one I lost was in February. Uh, it was just my TV one that I used to watch TV with people. I had it for nine years, I think. And I and they un- I was unceremoniously uh, permanently suspended because I was tweeting out the uh, trucker Ottawa trucker uh, stuff. I was I was just tweeting out their videos. It wasn't doing anything other than that. Anyway, enough. So that was it for that. So now I. And I did another one, Real World Chrissy. That one's gone already within like three days. That one was gone. So now I'm like done. I'm not even going to try getting it on, getting back on again. It's, it's, it's not even worth it. I mean, oh, but Chrissy, but Chrissy, come on. St. Elon, St. <laughs> <Saint> Elon <laughs> took over Twitter. And so he is Um, out to save not only free speech, Chrissy, but he is out to save humanity. And he wants to do this. He's going to save humanity from artificial intelligence by allowing you to let him drill a hole in the back of your head into your skull and cut the lining open to your brain and then implant a thousand wires with 1024 electrodes on each oh, one like a like an octopus tentacles down into your right. brain and then he's going to plug the hole don't worry the hole won't be open it's not like a jack-o-lantern you know the hole will be closed <laughs> with a fitbit size bluetooth enabled chip now me, mind you this is not new technology you don't have to worry about this, this isn't like an untested vaccine because the government has been working on this going back all the way to the 1970s and they actually implanted one in a human in the early 2000s elon is just the pr guy who sells it he's like mike lindell the pillow guy and so don't worry the stuff is tested and this is how he is going to save you from artificial intelligence by allowing you to merge with artificial intelligence and the cool part now and i wasn't sure about this before but you remember when the iphone started coming out with apps already installed like the twitter app back like eight ten years ago so you didn't have to go install it well now that elon owns twitter the chip the microchip the Neuralink brain chip will come enabled with twitter already so the cool part is you just plug this into your head and you could be tweeting at warp speed to your fans in both the political world and tv land actually you know what it's gonna do it's just gonna you don't even have to tweet anything you just have to think it yes it's gonna be uh automatically i mean these people i am sorry (laughs) darling and all that I mean, come on. People, I, I've got friends, okay? And they, 
they believe in Elon so much. And I'm like, listen, he's played both sides of the fence. The guy is a socialist. He's not, he said he's a socialist. He goes on, did you ever see his, uh, there was a Joe Rogan, he did an interview with him like a couple of years ago. And he he claims he's an alien. I'm like, well, yeah, you'd have to be to have these batshit crazy ideas. I'm sorry. I just don't understand how anybody can be that brainwashed to be wanting to merge with this crazy AI stuff. I mean, they want a hive mind uh, population. That's what they, because they, then they can send you how you feel. They can send you how you think, what you think. You, there's no critical thinking goes out the window all sovereign as a sovereign being you're not that anymore well plus if you've got the vaccine you're probably not uh human anyway right because it changes your dna so yeah i mean this was <laughs> this is just insane I, I i don't understand how these people are walking around and allowed to use their money for this kind of crap it's 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 crazy i mean you talk about the matrix hello it is the matrix they told us it was going to happen. Look at it in 1999. I mean, everything that comes out in the movies and in TV, they've already created it. I mean, it's so easy to see through the bullshit. I I don't know. I'm just at a loss at this point. <laughs> it's just, no, it's it is crazy. Crazier. I mean, I, I mean, on the dust and gold standard here, I spent several episodes on Elon Musk and Neuralink, and then I've been looping him back into recent shows as stuff comes up. But we did an analysis over several shows of both his 2018 and his 2020 interview with Joe Rogan. Now, he's since gone on there again, I think in 2021, which we haven't covered yet. But yeah, a, a lot of it is truth in uh in jest so they sit there and they they like mm-hmm. make these little jokes about stuff but in reality that's how mm-hmm. they're telling you the truth like obama used to do that too he would go up there at the uh yeah. press events or at what was it the al smith dinner where they tell jokes or the white house correspondence mm-hmm. dinner and he would get up there and go yeah I, i'm right. an illegal i'm an illegal alien uh i have a birth certificate from uh africa you know and you'd be like okay yeah he's telling you the truth <laughs> right. but making it sound like a joke and so Musk does the same thing. And on those Rogan interviews, you know, he goes on there, he drinks a glass of whiskey with Rogan, he smokes a joint, yeah. and then he's supposed to be cool. And then Rogan's job, I keep telling everyone, you know, one of the biggest, most dangerous propagandists of our time, Rogan's job is to normalize this stuff and de- desensitize yeah. people to it. He He's like one of the biggest pushers right. of the uh, psychedelic movement that's coming right now. And, and Peter Thiel, who's mm-hmm. behind Elon Musk, is backing the psychedelics. And that's all coming out of the government. This isn't the type of psychedelic psychedelic mushrooms you're picking off deer turds in your backyard these are actually lab grown and designed by the government i mean it's they're they're already i spent several shows on it chrissy where they are uh testing all this stuff on veterans in the vas and they're putting psychedelics into their bodies and then strapping vr headsets on them and taking them into these metaverse recreations of where they develop their ptsd it's basically all mk ultra mind control stuff that never ended yeah that mk ultra stuff is just so dangerous what they've done with our veterans is just it's it's unconscionable these people that are running the world you know, I've got friends that are like, well, no, every this whole Q stuff and all of that. And I'm just like, you have to look at what 
why are they misdirecting people, you know, uh, you know, with all of this nuclear crap going on, all of this fake war stuff? I mean, I don't know. To me, it seems fake. But, you know, I, this MK Ultra stuff is just so dangerous. And they've been using those type of techniques with the public through TV, through movies. You know, it's all about programming, programming. I mean, you and I have spoke, talked about this for a lot, you know, a lot of times and uh, for a while. And it is just, uh, it's so easy to see what they do. And, you know, I, this is a great story. So my friend, I've got a friend of mine who's a veteran and he's like 74 i think it was he was in vietnam okay he was a he he was a he was he was a 20-year veteran uh he was in the vietnam war and anyway and when this whole pandemic began in 2020 and through that first year that we're all going this is a bunch of bullshit right cuz he he was like oh this is so stupid this isn't going to you know, they, they, when they brought out the whole mask thing in May, June of 2020, and he's like, this doesn't do anything. Like, why are we doing this? Right. And I've never, never, and you know me, I have never been, I, I was totally against it from the, from the beginning because it's, it's so dangerous. It's not healthy and everything else. Well, anyway, fast forward to summer of 2021 and I go into, I'm in a local store and I see him walk in and he's wearing a mask. I could not <laughs> believe it. And he was like, he was in a daze too, which is really interesting. So he didn't even see me. I was standing, you know, he walked in, I was standing there. And then I said, Mike. And he looked at me and it took him a minute to snap out of it. Okay. He snapped out. I said, what are you wearing a mask for? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I thought I couldn't come in with that. I said, they can't do anything. What are you doing? This isn't, he, I, I can't believe you're wearing one. And so he took it off and put it back in his pocket and then became normal again. But it was almost like he was in a daze, a, 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 just like a, a automatic, like, he looked like he was a zombie. I mean, I, to tell you the truth. And it wasn't until he recognized me, he snapped out of it. It was insane. I will never forget that. And, you know, there people are masking up again around here. I mean, this whole thing has just been just crazy. I, I, I don't understand. They really, it only took, I'm going to say, a good, like, month from the time that they brought out this whole masking stuff, May of 2020 to, like, June 2020, when they were having people you know, at the stores, make sure you've got a mask on all this. I mean, it took maybe a month to six weeks for the brainwashing to be completed. It was so quick and everybody got on the bandwagon. Well, I really think between all the messaging constantly on radio, constantly on TV, constantly, you know, on all the media outlets, all the social, social media, they effectively created this matrix of, you know, fear, and, you know, oh my God, you're going to die if you don't have a mask on. And I just, it was, it was really insane to watch and see it happen. And, you know, I'm here in Seattle, which is, you know, the most leftist, crazy, you know, USA, Washington state. And it was just insane what was going on. I, I mean, it was such a matrix in King County. I was, 
I live out on the Washington coast. And so I'm in a Poto town. So I don't, I don't see much out here. Thank goodness. But when I had to go take care of my mom, she broke her shoulder in three spot in three uh, spots. I had to go and stay with her for six weeks from December of 2020 till February of 2021. And it was the most torturous six weeks of my life. I mean, I am telling you, they were so, it, they were so inundated every 90 seconds on the local news, every, every commercial break on the radio, everything was COVID this, COVID that. I was going, I was literally, I was just going out of my mind, seriously, because I was so upset that everybody was, was, was tr- just going along with this shit. Anyway, it's definitely MK Ultra. That's how they've been doing this stuff. Uh, and that's how they've been programming these kids in education and everything else. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, I was thinking, Chrissy, that I was the, our baby was due on Friday. And then I was thinking, well, maybe it's going to come on Halloween. So yeah. I didn't really put a costume together for Halloween. So last minute yesterday, I said, oh, God, I'm probably going to have to dress up for Halloween. So I wanted to dress up as like a crazy person. So I went on Amazon real quick and I put crazy person <laughs> mask and I ended up buying an N95. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. I'm surprised that I don't see anybody walking around in those any yet. You know, that's gonna be the next thing. When when the, when the next pandemic is is unleashed, we're gonna all be wearing those. I mean, it's like, did you have a hazmat suit as well? Yeah, you know what the scary part is though. The scary part is the closer it's come to our baby coming, I started to actually have conversations uh, with my wife. And I said, listen, are we going to seem crazy when we have the baby in a hazmat suit when people come over the house that are vaccinated? Because I don't want them shedding all over our child. So what I decided... What I decided would work, I said, these people still have this brainwashing stuff inside them. So I said, what we do is we just tell them we're afraid of the baby getting COVID and then they'll put on their hazmat suits. I said, they have no problem doing that because, yeah, if we say, look, it's to protect the baby. Can you wear your hazmat suit? They will probably gladly do it. Exactly. Let them look like idiots and then take pictures and put it on <laughs> take pictures and put it all out there for the world to see. Like this is how crazy uh we've got but but it's true, you know, you're doing what you're doing with I, I I'm amazed. I mean, listen, if people don't know by now, you are the research king. I mean, you dissect everything and learn as much as you can and what you've done I've seen you over the last nine months researching and trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to have the child, you know, what's the most natural way. And I mean, it is amazing. And I think if more people would start thinking about more on a human level, everybody is so um, we're so inundated 
with the crazy every single day that you forget we're human beings and we have to preserve that. Uh, and and especially if you're having a, a child, you know, people with, with children need to think about it on a generational level. I mean, is this, is this what, do we want the fear to, I mean, that's the other issue with all this is the fear factor. I mean, right now, I mean, I don't watch the mainstream media news, but you know, it, it, the little bits and pieces I get, it's all fear 24 seven. And, you know, we have to stop being fearful, you know, and um, it was uh, there was a point to that. I hope you're editing this. I'm saying that now. But anyway. No, um, of course anyway, not. So, but my point was, huh? No, I'm not going to edit this. This is raw and in, um, the, in the real. It's raw and, 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 and raw and real. Okay. Well, anyway, my point is, is that you have, I think, people need to listen to how you are thinking much further ahead, how you're going to raise your child. You know, do we want to put them in the indoctrination school? We need to, like, really change the way we think. Because we, right now, I mean, a lot of people as a collective on Earth, human being, we think what they want us to think nobody's critical so many people are not critically thinking they're not they're not they they're afraid to voice their own opinions on things because they're afraid of 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 getting you know getting attacked i mean you know you have to create the world in which you want to live in you know we can't allow the society as a whole this crazy you know I, I don't even know what to call it. It's an amalgam of hell okay, <laughs> to take over and, and change us as human beings. You know, we have opportunities. And the point is, is that you have to start thinking on a generational level and not in the here, not like in the moment. And they've got everybody thinking, um, oh, well, what do we want right now? Everything is now. And you have to start building on a generational level and start really thinking, is this what we want to do for the future uh, of our lives and our kids? You know? No, I, I Chrissy. So many things. I think you're look, you're a hundred percent right. And part of this thing is I talk to the audience about it all the time. At the end of the day, everyone wants solutions. I only can share the solutions to things that I've done in my life, stuff we're trying to do, things I've researched. And that's what other guests have talked about too. And at the end of the day, if we believe in individualism, we're all going to have different solutions. Certain of us are going to be willing to accept certain parts of this matrix more than others you know certain people need the internet in the house other ones need some of the smart devices or they're not willing to let go of those so <laughs> everyone is going to end up with a different path and it's all about being honest with yourself and then writing down a, a set of options that you have on all these different things mm -hmm. and you know what your yep. spouse is willing to compromise on i mean if if it were up to me and i did my life over i probably would have went full amish about 20 years ago i would have grew the abe lincoln beard <laughs> And I would have showed up on the doorstep of the Amish and I would have said, hey, teach me how to churn butter. I will earn my keep. And so, you know, right. now we have to deal with this realistic situation. And I know, you know, with the amount of work that we had to put in and I share it with the audience 
uh, you know, with the baby, mm-hmm. we wanted to exit the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex as much as possible. Yeah. And, but it involved a lot of work, and we had to make sacrifices on some of the materialistic things because we had to spend out of pocket instead of using insurance to do a lot of this. So those are the sacrifices that one has to make if you actually want to live outside the system. They make it very easy to live within their system. That's the whole point. And so if they make it easy to live in the system, now you may end up getting jabbed and die of cancer because you made a choice to live within that system. But I know in your particular case, I don't know how much of this you want to share, but when I talk about it being difficult to make the moves to live outside the system, I know for you, the last two years, you've been doing research and and as I say to the audience all the time too, not all of us have $5 million in the bank and we could just go buy 25 acres somewhere and get an RV and live out there away from everyone else. A lot of us still have to make money or we only have a certain amount of income coming in so we're locked into certain situations but you spent, you know, the last two years looking at old RVs trying to find a piece of land that you can escape to. I mean, you're in a lucky situation uh, based on where you happen to live now. It's just so beautiful but you know that the clock is ticking on that place eventually so if you don't mind just talking about it because it is difficult but when you start to be honest with yourself and you say okay how am i going to do this realistically i you know we all say oh we're going to just escape to a big piece of land but when you actually start working on the details it is difficult it's not easy right oh yeah it's it's hard i mean this is where my my journey has kind of led me you know in 20 god when was that i'm trying to even remember i think it was 2016 that i moved out here I found basically what happened was I pretty much downsized. I had a huge storage unit that just, I had so much stuff. It it was incredible. Anyway, I downsized and I found this little cottage that is out here on the Washington coast. And I fell in love with the area because, you know, it's right near the water. There's lots of trees. I mean, I'm very much, I like the scenery and I like, you know, the picturesque, you know, uh, I guess, feeling and the feelings that are out here and it's very uh small town there is no food service so for instance in 2020 when you know people were ordering from DoorDash and you know all about that Justin um mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no DoorDash out here there's nothing like that out here I don't have a cab service out here there's a bus that literally goes by my house twice a day and if and before I got my car, I that I would have to do plan like a whole day to go down to forty five minutes into going to the grocery store. But you know, like you said, you sacrifice things to be in an area that you like. So anyway, fast forward to yeah, I mean twenty twenty. The last two two years, I've been really seriously thinking of doing the RV route, and it, it's amazing. You know, there's a huge community out there that. They RV full time, which is so interesting to me because I'm like, oh my gosh. And I, my place is small, so I downsized and I only have a few pieces of furniture, really. Um, but I have a lot of other things, obviously, lots of books and things like that. So I, I look at like these little teeny trailer. I like the teardrop trailer. Uh, the teardrop trailers, but they're. I, I really feel like I need a little bit more space. But it's interesting to realize how much do I need, you know, it's about learning to, learning to, I I don't know, it's not that I don't 
like nice things. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, I like my jewelry. I only have a few good pieces, but I mean, I like my, I like nice things and I like nice clothes. And when I used to work, I was an investigator for 17 years uh, working within the criminal justice system. And, you know, and I was making de- decent amount of money and this and that. So I have some nice clothes and a few nice things. But in the big, long, grand scheme of things, when you think about just survival, because the whole idea is that you want to live, I want to live as far out of the matrix as I can. And like you said, it's really difficult with all the technology, right? Because you need technology on the one hand for certain things, and sometimes you can like cut it out on another. So it's a, it, it's going to be a balance. Um, and so, but you know, it's, I really think, you know, when I picture my head, I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen. All I know is agenda 2030, maybe we can talk about that in a little bit is coming up. They are, they are really, uh, I believe setting things up, obviously, yeah, the new world order, but ultimately it's, it's, setting up so that the antichrist can take over and then i in my opinion i believe it would be the un taking over security and you know mili- you know for all the different countries and i think they're going to actually there's going to be less countries i think they're going to they're going to mush them together so the idea is is that if you are in my in my what, what my thought is for me is that it's the best to have your own property somewhere, you know, far away from the uh, large cities and this and that. And, and try to live with less is more is, is my opinion at this point. And, um, you know, it's hard for me. I'm single and, you know, I've got some, uh, I don't know what you want to call them. They're health issues, but I have issues uh, with my back and things like that. I've had three back surgeries. So, you know, I have to really uh, figure out how I'm going to do this because I really think that being in an RV, getting your own piece of land, or even if I got my own piece of land and maybe was able to, to build like a, a tiny house, not a real small, but, you know, have like a tiny house on the property and then be able to do some garden, you know, grow my own vegetables, just a few things so that I feel like, if anything major happens, I would be able to at least, you know, support myself. And that's sort of where my head is at right now. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And look, in 2030 is a very important uh, year because when you're looking at stuff coming out of the World Economic Forum, obviously the UN agenda is 2030 and 2050. You look at the Saudi Arabian 2030 investment plan, you look at uh, Ray Kurzweil, chief engineer at Google, who has been the foremost sort of uh, revolutionary on the idea of singularity, the merger of man and machine. You know, he had always projected mm-hmm. 2030 as a major year. All these different elements of this sort of worldwide fascist takeover are in place for 2030. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this includes everything. Uh, I, I have a guest coming on who's been in finance, who's been researching banking. He's been involved with that for 40 years. He's coming on in a couple of days to talk about 
uh, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, Stakeholder Capitalism, which comes out of the World Economic Forum, and then the Bank for International Settlements, basically the financial arm of how they are strong-arming all of the companies and governments into this uh, system. Now, I've been doing a lot of research, obviously, on transhumanism and technocracy, the past, like the history, where it comes from, the current, where they're at today, and then the future, where I think they're going. Uh, And I think all these different plans, all these different fascist, uh, communist-like plans are all going to converge. I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's organic. I think all this stuff is going to happen. And this idea, like we're talking about, of you know, a new, new world order or one world government or all of these countries, territories merging together, it all makes perfect sense. Now, how are you going to manage it all? Well, when you look at the World Economic Forum or you read Klaus Schwab's book, uh, the fourth, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, uh, that came out in 2016, all this stuff can only be managed uh, by the idea of a technocracy. And that is, going back to 1919, it is the scientists, the engineers, and the technologists who are going to manage the means of production and then the distribution of goods and services. And so that's basically what the UN agenda does all combine in that's what world economic forum talks about and so they couldn't do this back in 1919 because they didn't have the technology to do it but now they do and so a lot of people say to me well look look at chrissy's cell phone connection it's not so great where she is look at our internet connections aren't up all the time they are allowing us to interface with the garbage we we are using the garbage technology the real stuff that's going to run this are what you mentioned earlier it's like elon musk starling system that comes out of spacex that is backed 100 percent, funded by the government peter thiel is invested in spacex starlink is going to be the system that runs all of us now here's the interesting part i was reviewing a recent article on elon musk where they're now trying to set this narrative that he's tony stark and he's fighting with the federal government and they gave him too much power it's it's such a narrative because he was built up by the government created by the government he is the government and so then they say well now the government the fda or, or sorry, the FCC pulled the licenses. They had a deal with him uh, where they were going to pay part of the money to bring the internet to rural areas. Well, of course, this Starlink was never launched to bring internet to people like Chrissy on the beach or people in rural areas right. up in the mountains. It's designed, and it's not just to run drones and the army technology over in the Ukraine that we know that our money is going towards. It is going to be used to interlink all of these prison planet technological systems that manage the natural world that we're living in that we walk around in the physical world and will also be the internet that powers the cyber world the metaverse that half the people that are plugged into the matrix are going to be living inside i mean it's so obvious so chris you've been looking at un and agenda 2034 a number of years so let yeah let's have a talk about that let's discuss that because i haven't gone into depth with it on this show yet well, I'm telling you, what they have planned is just so scary. Um, they basically are planning to, uh, this is what I see, okay? I think once they get everything merged together, okay, once they, they create, I think what they're doing is they're doing um, 
you're going to create this matrix of, I'm trying to think of how to put this because I don't know. Okay. The way that I believe what they're doing is they're going to merge everything. So like you were saying, the World Economic Forum, then the World Health Organization, the UN, NATO, I think all those are going to merge together at some point because they got to get, they have too many arms out there. I mean, in order to be uh, a one world government, I think there's, they're going to, they're going to, I believe like the UN is going to be the main thing and then everything will branch out from there. And that's why they need to, uh, you know, get rid of as many countries as possible so now like we're seeing all of the governments collapse that's another thing you know people don't understand why is all why are all these governments collapsing um and there are people out there that believe that the reason that they're collapsing is because uh, because of the, all the corruption and that things that people are getting arrested and all of that well i honestly I don't have any documentation that any any arrests like this has been made. And can you imagine the millions and millions of people, like really, that are involved in this, all this corruption from the top down uh, in each country? Now you talk about Ukraine, right? That that's a huge, huge new world order uh, country. All their stuff goes through there. All their all their um, money laundering, a lot of their trafficking of human beings and everything else goes through that hub. And so to believe, so to believe that these things, that they're not going to, uh, you know, that, 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 that all these governments are collapsing because of that is because of this, this, every, all these people are getting arrested and whatever. I just don't see that, you know, I, there's no place that I can go and, Okay, well, supposedly there's these tribunals going on and all this. I don't have any documentation of that. I can't go to a site and look up on the supposedly it would be uh, JAG that would be doing all of these, right? All the, the military tribunals for all these different dictators that are coming down and, you know, uh, all of that all over the world. Well, it's... There, you, there's nothing. There's no documentation. And when people say to me, oh, well, you know, it's all got to be on the hush and hush. I mean, there are things that are going on, yes, but all these th other things that are distracting people from the big picture. And the big picture is by 2030, in my opinion at this point, from everything that I've looked at, everything that, I, that I've read and everything else, I believe that's when the Antichrist rises. It's a power. And so all this stuff with this election fraud, all this crap about, you know, Russia is going to, you know, nuclear, nuke Ukraine or whatever. It's just distractionary. It's just to, to keep people um, busy while they do their nefarious things to set up a world government. And not only that, but different States. They're all pushing these laws through. They're pushing a lot of laws through in order to remove your sovereignty, the sovereignty of every state. Okay, and that's a whole other issue. Oh my gosh, it goes it, it goes so deep. It's it's so hard to get to really. I know. Put it all I know. In, we, we, 
Yeah, Chrissy, it's so, no, I was going to tell you, it's so crazy because I've been trying here in the last 75 episodes to keep myself focused on sort of one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And there's so many great people at pain.tv slash gold that send me, you know, everything that we do here is based on publicly sourced intelligence. So this comes from their articles, their white papers, the government documents, the investors, the companies, the investors in the companies, the front men like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. I mean, this is all their stuff. It comes from their conferences their panel discussions, their think tanks like World Economic Forum. But there's so much to this to try to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. I mean, you mentioned Ukraine. Ukraine is already a prison uh, prison planet technocracy. They have videos advertising it. They brag about it like, oh, we have facial recognition and scanning all over the place. I mean, in the meantime, they're making a hologram of uh, Zelensky. You know, uh, when this guy goes out there, he's obviously like an actor. He acts like G.I. Joe. Like, the guy's in the middle of a war. He doesn't have time to come out of his G.I. Joe pajamas. He can't put a suit on once in a while and shave. I mean, it's the same acting that went on here under COVID land, the high school theater production, which I call it, because it was a high school theater. And so it was like when Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and all these guys grew beards. Like, I'm supposed to believe a multi-million dollar senator can't get a haircut and a razor to shave their face during COVID. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's all scripted theater. But on top of it, I I just want to point this out while we're talking about it, because this is really important. And this is all great Halloween stuff, folks, because we do live in a thriller right now. But... The thing is, you were just talking about all these governments collapsing or this illusion of governments collapsing. Now, back when Trump was in power, when I started to become a little disenchanted with him about a year in, uh, we were always joking in text message. You were the Pollyanna who was hanging in there. But I used to say, if you remember. I was Pollyanna, all right. <laughs> yeah. I was Pollyanna. I, you wouldn't. You were like, come on, Christy, come on. (laughs) Well, now it's now it's 2022 and I can surgically become Pollyanna if I want to. Uh, that's, yeah, you that's could. <laughs> the whole gender better. But no, so the thing I was going to say is that when I started to, I, I remember, maybe I'll share it with the audience sometimes. I wrote a three-part scenario about a year into Trump. I think I put that out back when I was podcasting with Halsey English. And I had written three scenarios on yeah. Trump, one of which he was the Bruce Wayne. And he had been like wiretapping these guys for years and he had all the dirt on them. We still all kind of believe that. That was really before QAnon came out. So we had our own Q thing before Q. Yeah. The second was that it was just a giant clusterfuck, that Trump was a useful idiot. These guys sucked them in. They used them. They let him go out there and just to create chaos, and he doesn't even really know what's going on. And then the third, and this is all before COVID land, and the third was that he was a Trojan horse. He's on board with all this stuff. And so I started to say, if that's the case, then the purpose was to normalize sedition, treason, criminality, and corruption across the board, later election fraud, so that we would all lose faith in the systems altogether. Now, the majority of us that originally came from the right, as I tell the audience all the time, we dislike the government and the institutions for good reason, okay? But what we advocated for, or what we hoped would happen at some point, is that we would uproot the corruption, we would drain the swamp, we would arrest the deep state, and we would reinstate 
reinstate our constitutional republic and then just start all over again because it's a cycle of civilizations it never stays uh non-corrupt for very long but that was our idea and what happened during the trump years though as we can look back on it now the left also was sold a bill of goods. Just take Russiagate, for instance. The left was told that Trump was a Russian spy, and they were going to arrest him and everyone else as Russian spies. And we were told that he was being set up as a Russian spy, and Mueller and Comey and the rest of them would be arrested for setting him up as a Russian spy. In the end, nobody wins, and everybody becomes disenchanted with the system. Now, if you start to look at what's going on around the world geopolitically, this is happening in a lot of other countries it's like the same script with different characters and so the people from both right. the right and the left are both becoming disenchanted with their governments for the right reasons but the issue and this is coming out of the peter thiel camp and i've covered him extensively because he's highly influential huge government contractor his softwares are embedded in almost every government agency giant military industrial complex guy big government leech uh he runs people like elon musk and a number of these other puppets out there, these actors that play these parts. Peter Thiel obviously was behind Trump. He's behind multiple candidates now, including Blake Masters, who is his protege, uh, J.D. Vance. And Peter Thiel has money spread far and wide. Now, he's behind a guy named Curtis Yarvin, who has become the Yuval Noah Harari of what they call the New Right. And Peter Thiel is now behind the New Right movement. The issue is that the New Right talks to the supposed conservatives what's left of it because the rest of it was destroyed under trump and now it's just a giant right. tent of circus freaks but what they're advocating for and there's an article i've been reviewing from box and another one from vanity fair that i'm going to finish up in the next episode for my audience because it gets really interesting and yarvin admits to the journalists that their idea here in this think tank was to get the right and the left to become so disenchanted with government and hate government, they're willing to accept something new. Not the restoration of a republic here in the uh, case of the United States. Not more freedom, not more liberty, not more prosperity, not more human autonomy. They are actually trying to, and they're trying to get Trump to be the guy to run on this, advocate for a techno-fascist king. And so they want to tear down Congress. All right, we might hate Congress because they're corrupt, but they want to now remove the legislative branch. They want to remove the courts. Now, right. we may hate the courts because they're corrupt, but if you eliminate the courts, where is your due process now? Even the illusion of due process would then be gone. They want to abolish the state and local governments. So, originally in this country, the states were basically like individual countries. So, you talk about eliminating countries. They want to now even remove the illusion of states by abolishing state and local government. They want to take all all the local cops and put them under central command under the federal government this is right. what peter thiel's guy curtis yarvin he is like the genius the king philosopher behind this new movement so they're advocating for techno fascism which is technocracy a technological system run by the scientists and engineers which we basically have in this country anyway all these unelected bureaucrats that run all this stuff like covid like we saw with anthony fauci but they want to concentrate mm -hmm.
infiltrated under a monarch. And so they're trying to convince the people, uh, also using what's called techno-populism. And it was Steve Bannon and Trump that drove people towards populism and away from the Constitutional Republic, that you're eventually going to be able to vote. That's like true democracy where the majority could vote the minority into death camps. So they want to have this idea that we'll all vote on on a phone or with our VR headset or whatever, or our brain chip. And then the techno-fascist king, which they're trying to get Trump to run as, will then be the overseer to enact the will of the people through the technocracy, the management system of the scientists and engineers, where they control the means of production. They're going to create a 24-7, 365 work schedule where all the people constantly work and we create an abundance of goods, and then they control the distribution of the goods, which will be done through rationing and basically food coupons that they had uh, with my wife when she grew up in Poland under Soviet communism. Like, this the crazy part is because we talk about what's happening worldwide but all these countries have different histories you know poland has this history of being taken over by the fascists then taken over by the communists now the united states is there so you have all these different countries that have to be collapsed and consolidated and monopolized in certain ways you know everyone has a different culture so they have to do this in different ways now if you could collapse the united states and get them on board. Remember, people don't really have to vote for it. They just have to create the illusion that a majority of people wanted this. That's how they do it. So they can say, well, it's a mandate from the people. So if they could collapse the United States that has this rich history, or we're supposed to believe, uh, rooted in liberty and freedom and justice, if they could get the United States under a technocracy, under a techno-fascist king who oversees it, then they can do it to any other country. So, it, I mean, this is scary stuff, Chrissy. Like, this isn't just nutty people yeah. talking. They're backed by Peter Thiel. And and the importance that I try to uh, keep repeating to the audience is it's not like Peter Thiel is just some dude. He currently has $2.6 billion dollars that i could find of government contracts his his software companies are inside of the dod every branch of the military inside the irs in the cdc in health and human services so if he was so dangerous by funding people like curtis yarvin to write this type of stuff the, the government, if they were good and Thiel was an enemy, would have pulled all of his contracts. If Elon Musk is so powerful, like they're trying to create this narrative, the government would just shut him down. That's what people don't understand. The state and their oligarchs like Thiel and Musk are one in the same. Those guys are just extensions right. of the state. So our government has to be on board. Like all the important players have to be on board with the idea of folding everything up and moving into this type of system. Other Otherwise, they would actually be fighting back to protect their own power. I mean, wouldn't you say that that makes sense? Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And the the thing is, it's so interesting is, you know, I I have I have, you know, a few good friends that I talk to here and there. And it's so interesting to hear one of them say, you know, well, and I keep saying, you know, Musk is not a good guy. He's got government contracts. He's working with the government. To take over at doing this Starlink, I said, and 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 what I get back is, oh well, you know, you know, if Trump's in chart back in charge, if he's really the president back again, you know, and they reverse the 2020 election, then I then I'd rather be 
um, have that happen under Trump than like, you know, somebody else, Democrat or something. And I'm just like, but it's all bad. You don't understand. They're trying to, and you're right with the illusions. I mean, everything that we see in this world at this time, as far as like, you know, having freedom, freedom to choose, freedom to do your business. You can do whatever you want, be who you want to be. It's all an illusion. It all is. And, you know, you talked a little bit about the rations and stuff, you know, in order to, once they collapse everything, people are going to be freak. First of all, it's going to be mayhem, First, I believe. You know, you're going to get rioting in that, then they're, my opinion, they're going to break out the whole martial law thing. And then pe- they're going to hand out ration cards. Now, here, here, I don't know if you guys have heard. I mean, I'm sure you have. You know, we're, we're about to run out of diesel. The whole country runs on freaking diesel. I mean, so what are you going to do about that? And then they're going to say, oh, well, you can't have your own. You can't buy gas. You have to, You can only get X amount of gas per month. What are you going to do? They are creating these, these, creating their, um, creating these, uh, crises, creating these, uh, the chaos so that then we will submit. I mean, the, the whole COVID thing, the whole pandemic thing was about submission. It was about learning to submit. And, you know, they were controlling us and controlling everything they shut down everything you have to wear a mask you can't do this you can't do that you can't you can't you know you're you have to stay in your home you can't go and visit your families i mean this is what they want they want us in our little boxes here to do nothing we can't go on vacation we can't do anything and they're 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 tightening that rope around our neck and people aren't seeing it. And it's so simple to see. You know, I started watching, um, I don't know if you know uh, who Charlie Ward is. Do you know who he is? Uh, I know the name. Kind of. Okay. Well, he's been out here. He, he, he admits he, he's, I guess his business was parting around these, I guess, leaders of world these world leaders these sheiks and everybody else and all these big basically deep state players in my opinion uh and their their treasures their gold or whatever and his his business he he had a flying i guess he had he flew these people around the world and did whatever they needed you know and i do think he was part of this money laundering situation because they call him and say i have five hundred thousand dollars i need to where can I put it? And he, he admits to this on video. So, I mean, you know, he admits it, but then he says he's, he, he's changed. He's found the Lord. And, you know, the only thing that matters is God. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I got out of it. And so anyway, the first video I ever saw of him was about a year and a half ago. And I never forgot this. He told, he said, that he was on, this was in like 2015 and he was flying somebody, he didn't say who it was, but they were chit chatting and he says, Oh, you know, we got Trump. We're going to, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to crash America. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to change the whole system and using Trump. And that always stuck with me because I thought, why would they, why would Trump do that? I mean, unless 
you know, I, I still, I just, I still have a hard time believing <laughs> that a man with a, would do this to human race and, and go along with this unless they had a bunch of, you know, stuff on him to blackmail him. I mean, you know, I mean, but when you look at it all, you know, they have a, a uh, narrative for the right, a narrative for the left, and they've got, you know, the truth is somewhere lies in the middle of all the subliminal uh, stuff that's going on out there that they put out there. And, you know, we were, I was, you know me, you know, Dustin, I was totally enthralled. I mean, once Trump got in, I mean, forget about, you know, watching, you know, oh, my God, the Hillary and, and Trump um, debates and everything and and all of that. But, you know, I was I was watching Hannity every night, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson. You know, I was glued to Fox News talking about Russiagate, Gate, the hammer. I mean, did everybody forget about that? What Obama created this, this basically created this computer this huge computer. I always think of it as like the Whopper from the floor games, you know, that movie. Um, and, you know, he could just put anything in, any anything in. So let's just say he puts my name in. Every single thing I've ever done in my entire life pops up. I mean, you don't think they're using that stuff now? I mean, like, say that was in 2012 when he, was, he, he, he created that. And, you know, and this is just, it's just so hard to wrap your head around that there are people that evil you know i i try to talk to my mom from time to time but why (laughs) would they do that you know that's what i get and i'm like well why wouldn't they i mean they have they can control whatever they want they can do whatever they want they're trying to create an uh uh, one world where they only have five hundred thousand people on earth and uh, the rest of it, everybody else is either a cyborg, an AI, <laughs> whatever, that they can hook up to the high mind. She thinks I'm crazy, you know. But, uh, you know, she, it's just hard for her to understand that that's what these people want. And uh, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It really is when you, you know, but I've come to terms with it all, I think. Well, no, I mean, here's, but here, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that's interesting when you say that, because I have to deal with it with my, uh, I mentioned my father on the show as well, because he is, uh, as long as I've known him, he's been a conservative and he was a cop. Uh, he was a private investigator, you know, obviously sides with conservative movements, pro military and all that kind of stuff. So when I hit him with these things, he, he now realizes that what I'm telling him is true because he knows how much time I'm spending researching all this but when i tell him stuff like that like about the ai hive mind and connecting people up to the cloud and basically sucking out your knowledge your memories your thoughts your emotions putting them in the cloud and then combining them into an ai hive mind that then these guys will beam down into their heads you know i say to him look elon musk went on joe rogan and talked about this Ray Kurzweil went on Glenn right. Beck's show 12 years ago and talked about this. Now, when you look at Ray Kurzweil, he was he was working with Microsoft, and he, he was elevated to chief engineer at Google. Google is a giant government contractor, started with government money. When you take Elon Musk, I said to my father, now, you could say he's crazy for going on Joe Rogan and talking about it, but... 
but he has companies that are actually building it that have government money. And then he's also a huge right. government contractor on top of having a government investments. And I said, so if he's actually crazy talking about an AI hive mind, then why does he have DOD contracts launching satellites and rocket ships and everything else into the sky? Why is he getting government subsidies for Tesla for creating electric vehicles? Why does he have his electric charging stations in 46 other countries? So I said, so you can't cheer right. on the military and the department, which is the Department of Defense, and tell me they're all good guys if the guy talking about putting brain chips in people and creating an AI hive mind is funded by the Department of Defense. So he's funded by the people that you're telling me are the good guys, but then you're telling me that he's just some kook? Well, he is kooky, right. but he's powerful, he's influential, and he's wealthy. Now, I, I just want to bring this up, too, because you were talking about the uh, right and the left and keeping people distracted. Now, one of the yeah. things that I've done on this show is I utilize a lot of left-leaning uh, articles or publications when I'm dissecting people that are perceived to be on the right, like Peter yeah. Thiel or Elon Musk as of late. Uh, and so what I show the audience a lot of times is that uh, just like any other misinformation or disinformation agents out there, controlled opposition, the information they provide is pretty much 100% accurate. So when the government releases or declassifies information on MKUltra, oh, I believe it's accurate. It's just that the anointed journalists that are allowed to write about it are practicing in misinformation and disinformation as far as misdirection. So when the left writes about yeah. Peter Thiel and they talk about all this horrible fascist stuff that he's backing... They're 100% accurate, but the misdirection, because they're speaking to a left-leaning audience when they write this, is by saying that he's a conservative or a libertarian when, in fact, he is actually a technocrat right. and he's a government oligarch. Now, when you see people on the right, let's say, write about Elon Musk, they'll tell you all these horrible things, but then they'll say, he's secretly a socialist. Well, instead of telling you that he's actually a technocrat, so the misdirection that I'm finding time and time again now is that the these people are technocrats and technocrats are that the whole system is communist it is the controlling the means of production right. and the distribution of the goods and services so that's where all the misdirection comes in they're actually telling you the truth about these guys but then they're trying to say well he's just an evil conservative or he's just an evil liberal when in fact they're not telling yeah. you that these guys are technocrats and they're transhumanists which they admit in their own words and through the companies that they are invested in now one other thing right. i want to bring up because you were talking about um basically sliding in all of this technology now something else i've talked about here if you take for instance the orchestrated rise in crime that is going on all around mm -hmm. this country right so just like whether people agree with the police or not it doesn't matter but defaming the police and then defunding the police so that this point yeah. where there's regular good cops on the street that no longer want to go to a domestic violent call because they don't want to be on video and set up to look like they beat the crap out of the guy and then they lose their whole ha uh, career their house gets burned to the ground and then you have tent cities everywhere homeless all over the place there's 110 homeless mm -hmm. camps in dc right now they're all over california and then you have them raising the uh price you know from uh, like five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars all over where you can steal stuff and just get a ticket so they're orchestrating 
this collapse just like they're orchestrating the collapse of the governments and what's happening is you're going to start to see like out of new york right there's been all these people getting pushed into the subways all of a sudden they'll write an article and they'll go we caught the guy with facial recognition well that's how they oh, walk God. you into the arms of the technocracy so you villainize the cops to the point where they're not doing their job anymore you orchestrate a rise in crime through the policies that you're implementing and then you drive people into the savior which is the facial recognition the prison planet technology now peter thiel has a company called clearview ai you talk about uh hammer that barack obama had peter thiel's technology yeah which was implemented in new orleans through the police department during covid and now i believe they're using it in florida now with good guy ron DeSantis. they can scan your face chrissy in real time and it pops up your entire digital footprint your bank accounts your health files your social media and everything that is peter oh thiel's company God. clearview ai so when you take that stuff combined with his other company palantir palantir was started with CIA money via InQtel, the venture firm, and Palantir was created under the guise that it was going to track down terrorists via their financial transactions. Well, under Trump in 2018, they gave Palantir a $100 million contract. It is inside the IRS right now, and it is allowed to tap you and track you via your financial transactions, your social media records, your phone records, and other pieces of information. So Peter Thiel is behind that, but it was started with CIA money. Then he's got another company called Expanse, which is embedded into the military right now. And they're using this company, which co it had two co-founders before Theo got involved. One came out of the CIA. The other one came out of DARPA. And their first contract was with DARPA. And now Theo's behind it. And they're using that to basically uh code and categorize and catalog all of the internet of things devices around the world so it's like you have this guy out there in the so-called private sector that is this huge government technocrat that's all this guy is he's an open transhumanist he doesn't hide it he believes in the engineering of humanity out of existence and then you try to tell this to people they'll think you're crazy but it's actually real there's nothing in there that hasn't been admitted to by the very people including Including Peter Thiel, he doesn't hide any of this stuff. Well, no, they never do. I mean, that's the other thing. People, and the other thing I wanted to bring up too is the fact that you know, let's just go back to the Las Vegas shooting. Now, back in um, what was it, two thousand? I think it was two thousand three, two thousand eight. Well, you know me, I'm a TV person, or I was anyway. Now I'm not anymore, <laughs> but I used to, you know, watch all these different shows and this and that, and. Remember the TV show Las Vegas? Yeah, I never watched it. No, I never watched it. Okay. Well, I recently went back in and was watching it. Um, I, I watched uh, the whole series. I just binge watched it just to have something on while I was writing. You know, I was just mindlessly. But it was so interesting because I had forgotten, you know, the extent of how, what they have in uh, in surveillance back then even that they were showing on television i mean it's 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 even more developed now where you know you can just be driving down the street and and the cam i mean going into when i i had to go um to seattle to go because i was going to a family reunion in georgia a couple of weeks ago 
And, you know, as, as I enter through Olympia and, you know, going north to SeaTac, I mean, the cameras on the freeway, they get more and more, you know, there's more and more of them. And uh, they've also got these special um, street lights now that they're using because I think they they were saying that they could they can tell if you've been vaccinated or not just based on whatever it is that's, anyway. But my point is is that they can the fact that they can just use pull you up so quickly and on that show that's how it was. Oh. Zoom in on, you know, on the facial recognition and they have a database and then everything pulls up your entire life, pulls up. And now they are making people, um, they want people to get this universal ID, which I don't know if you've talked about that at all. Universal ID here, at least I got a notice that I have to, by May of next year, get a universal ID um, in order to fly in the United States. It, it, it's 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 like a new it's like a little um it's sort of like a license but driver's license but it's it's a universal id is what they're calling it so you know it, it it's just going to track everything even more i mean it, it's so <laughs> scary and people so anyway i was, was going to mention the las vegas shooting i mean you here you are they're having this concert in the middle of surveillance city usa and all of a sudden, you know, they can't, they, they, you know, I kept waiting for all the surveillance videos to come out, right? Because I was glued when that happened. It was so tragic. And I was, you know, back then I was Pollyanna. And I was just like, I can't believe that, you know, I was so devastated when this happened. I'm like, how can they not have, it? where's the surveillance cameras showing these guys coming in with all these guns and all, like all of it? Right. And then to learn that, you know, it was all a big, uh, it was all anyway, it was just, just insane, insane. And then I don't know if you remember, um, the, the how the FBI took over that investigation, took it mm-hmm. over from the state and uh, the state police, um, or the Las Vegas, I guess it was the Las Vegas police department, the chief there, he, in the first initial days he was doing, but there was this really stern guy. I can't remember his name. That was like standing behind him. He looked scary as hell i mean you talk oh about yeah scary, the agent uh, the agent that was standing behind him yeah, he looked like agent. lurch yeah yes he looked like agent smith yes, from the matrix was, yeah yes he was so freaking scary and i was like oh my god and, and you could tell as the as the the days wore on you could see the stress and this and the that the chief was like freaking out and then finally he just the other, the agent took over and then they just took over the investigation. They confiscated everybody's phone. They confiscated everything. And then it just, you know, for what, a week and a half, two weeks, it was in the news. And then all of a sudden it just dropped off and nobody said a word. Nobody, we never got any follow up on that. These people died in vain. Okay. And, and now, you know, people are realizing how much technology is really running our lives and we have to we have to get past it. I, I don't know. I don't know that we can, but I, I don't even know what the solution is. That's why it's so, it's so difficult to try and like say, Oh, well, I need my phone. You need your phone. You know, you and I, we talk about a lot how I always say, we just need to go back to 1985. That's my year. Because back then I was, a, I was, a, I was a teenager, you know, living in, uh, 
freaking Utah. I was in a bubble. You talk about a bubble. You don't get any more bubblish than Utah, okay? And I'm not Mormon, and I'm not going to knock any Mormons. I'm just saying it was tough growing up being a teenager and not being Mormon. But I luckily found my own little friends. But the point is, is like, you know, we weren't glued to phones or technology or any of that. I mean, I think the big thing was I had a pager, so my mother could page me if I needed <laughs> to call. And back then, you know, you go and you go, okay, I'm going to my friend's house. Okay, well, call me when you get there. You know, what, or driving when I first got my license. I mean, we didn't have, we didn't, I didn't have a phone. Okay, I was never worried about driving or getting stuck or i mean now everybody's like oh god you know you don't want to be driving any distance without a phone <laughs> well, you know, we did it before <laughs> you know we did it before why can't we do it again why why do we i mean do we really need a cell phone you know can we go back no to we used, yeah, we, yeah, we used to we pop can't. onto pay phones or you'd walk into the local whatever pharmacy or grocery yes. store and you'd say hey can i borrow your I phone i gotta call my dad oh is it long <laughs> distance is it long distance kid yeah exactly <laughs> you know long I, is it long distance is it in the next city because that might yeah. be a long distance call yeah. you know <laughs> it used to be i think <laughs> right it's so funny and you know of course i was in the i mean we were i mean my father brought home i never forgot remember pong that was like the first video game that came out it was a stupid game <laughs> you were just you were just one person well, there was two players and you were just about making sure you could get the ball sort of like a tennis almost you know make yeah. sure you bounce the ball back and then it'd get faster well anyway and then atari came out so we got an atari i remember that and then the next one came out, ColecoVision. That was the next one. And, you know, after that, I kind of fell out of it. But it's so funny to see, you know, how they integrated so, they embedded it so well into our society that now we think we can't live without it. And, and that's how they have programmed us at this point. I mean, I have a brother who is talking about getting those, um, what do they call them? They're called, uh, well, they're, they're eyeglasses, right? But they're smart glasses. So what it's going to do, you wear, like you wear your, like I wear glasses, okay? So, but then if it's a smart glasses, it'll have a screen where you can just, you can just, so like if you want to watch the, if you want to read the news or you want to watch something, it'll just be tied in and it'll just, all of a sudden you'll just see it on your in your lens and i mean that's oh, yeah. scary i mean oh yeah that's that, I, up to... no that's all but part that's of uh I mean, yeah that's the i mean there's two pieces of technology the virtual reality and then the augmented reality and then apple yeah, yeah you're talking about the augmented reality the way and so basically you have contact lenses reality. Or glasses, yeah, and then basically you could be walking down the street and say uh, Google Maps overlay, and then basically you'll see like the overlay yeah. of the map out in front of you, um, stuff like that. I mean, it, it's insanity. And then Apple coming out um, next year, they're launching the augmented reality, virtual reality glasses headset thing i covered that on this show uh it's crazy because it oh has 12 God. cameras inside it. it reads your retinas at all times it has a thimble that you wear on your finger that uh, measures your heart oh rate and God. stuff and so one of the pieces of technology i covered here extensively coming out of darpa 
It's called the uh, transcranial electronic stimulation helmet. It's under a program called N3. And that's literally the brain chip without having to actually implant it into your head. It's just a helmet. So I've been starting to try to do some research on um, whether or not these new AR VR headsets have some sort of transcranial electronic stimulation features inside it because look at the end of the day you're going to see 50 nerds on youtube that cover technology and they're going to unbox it and they're going to oh, look how cool this is you take it out you put it on your hand right. i'm over here playing world of warcraft it's amazing i'm inside of minecraft i'm playing uh, this game and like they're going to be saying how cool it is but just like the vaccine like nobody pours that thing under a microscope and looks at what's in it well i keep saying well what's the technology that's actually inside this freaking helmet that you're going to start strapping to your freaking head like it's nuts it's like sending people electric shock therapy kit but you tell them it's a candy cane and then they go no you just put it on your head and shock yourself it's a candy cane you're like no that's not a candy cane that is electric shock therapy they go oh well they told me it was a candy cane i'm gonna eat the candy cane by putting it on my head and shocking myself no, Chrissy, there's literally these electric shock helmets. Oh you can God. buy them right now on Amazon. People are putting them on their head. They're like three, 400 bucks. And they're actually electric shocking their, their head, their brain, because they're told just oh like, God. you know, how like with CBD, they'll say, rub it on your knee and it cures your arthritis. Yeah. Drink it and it'll make you hungry. Drink it and it'll make you not hungry. CBD solves everything. No, that's what they're doing with this now. They're telling people that if you shock your brain with this thing, that it'll make you smarter. It'll make you concentrate. So now there's literally people buying these things and shocking themselves like a dog. And some of them are combining this with these psychedelics. Like you could go on a website now called mindbloom.com and there's many of these and you talk to a psychiatrist and the next thing you know they will mail you ketamine ketamine which they use to knock people out before surgery now they're telling people that it cures yeah it cures adhd it cures uh all these different like mental health issues so now people are literally dosing ketamine at home while electric shocking their heads i'm not i'm not even kidding you this is actually happening and then you wonder why traffic is so bad (laughs) right well i mean i know oh my god don't even go there that's scary thought right there well what i want to know is like does anybody remember what shock therapy is (laughs) i know the old you know we (laughs) i mean you know that's why they've closed all these psych these psychiatric uh or asylums right where they were where they had crazy people and they were shocking them left and right it's like you people need to like remember you do not need to be shocking your brain. I mean, I can't I, to even like think that is just insane. Why would you do that? And, and I knew that you were going to bring up the ADHD because I was thinking that in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, that's. What, and the thing is, it's like these things that they're that they're that they're putting out there. I honestly, they're trial runs. You know, they're they're experimenting on you. I mean, if you don't know that at this point after the COVID crap then I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you know, not only that, but, you know, the reason that they were doing this whole vaccine and all these boosters and everything, I mean, we know that there's graphene oxide in the, in the vaccine. We know that there's weird-ass shit in it. 
you know, we know there's uh, HIV. There's an amalgam, an amalgam of things that they've that they've put in this vaccine and then in the boosters. And you're gonna you're gonna put that in your body. I mean, the whole idea of all of this when it breaks it all down. Okay, this is what I believe. I think that the goal, of course, is to change your DNA. Because if you change your DNA, you are then not human. And if you're not human, you have no human rights. They can do whatever the hell they want. And that's what people need to remember. Why do you need an external thing like that? I mean, I'll never forget last summer in July, my brother came to visit me out here in the sticks with his two kids. Uh, you know, they got the uh, little vacation house or whatever near near me. And we went to this, uh, it's like a, a video, it was like an arcade uh, thing in, in, in Ocean Shores uh, that had arcade games and a mini golf and, you know, that kind of a thing. And although in July of last year, there was no mask mandate at that time, the people in the uh, that were running this thing they were asking people to put masks on i'm like i'm not putting a mask on this is crazy and i met them there okay imagine this okay <laughs> i walk in and i look for my family and i see them they're all masked up i'm like where am i am i in the twilight zone you have now entered the twilight zone these little kids okay my nephews who are 10 and 7 are wearing masks my mom my brother and his wife, they're all wearing masks. And I'm in there with no mask. I'm like, what are you wearing a mask for? Well, they said we had to. I was like, oh, my God. But then, not even that's not even the scariest thing. The next thing, I go around the corner, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, my God. They're, my, my, uh, my nephews are sitting on a VR thing, right? So they got the VR goggles on with the mask on. I'm like. Okay, this is our future right here. I mean, it was just crazy. And then to think, you know, they have VR things at home. My brother has every single tech, you know, techie game and, you know, thing out there. The most, they, he's got drone, a really expensive drone. I mean, they are just engulfed in this 24-7. Now, somebody said to me, said, oh, well, you know, um, it'd be better, you know, you can change your nephew's behavior if you put this thing on and just shock them every every hour i mean what is this where we're at in this country i mean is this where we're at as a human race this is scary and people do it and it, it just it it boggles my mind i don't understand how, how anybody you know our bodies are supposed to be like a temple not for nothing i mean if you if you're if you follow the Bible, if you don't follow the Bible, the bottom line is is that you do not you're not supposed to screw around with your DNA. That's a that's God's code, the Creator's code. You are human. Anything else that you put in your body that is experimental, which of course, by the way, they keep forgetting to mention that these boosters and vaccines are still experimental. You have a God-given immune system, and you—I mean, Dustin—you worked through it. You were doing deliveries and through all this pandemic and everything. And I think you got sick, but it wasn't even anything. I don't even think you got—I don't think you ever had COVID. Um, 
once and you were out there working it. I was everywhere. I, I, was, I went to hotels. I was in hotels, rental cars. Uh, I went all the way to Kirkland, Washington, which is where the quote, you know, breakout, the initial breakout uh, happened. My parents had a house that was literally down the street from that old heart's home that got, you know, that old whatever oh the original yeah no the original yeah that original ground zero because i remember you were going to go down there and try to film what was no that's interesting yeah no hold on just expand because that that was really interesting it was the original supposed ground zero senior center i remember at the time it was the senior center and then it was the uh cruise ship right it were the two places that were like the the hot spots yeah, there were hot spots, and I went down there to, to, to scope out the scene. I did. I went down there and everything, and, you know, everything was under lockdown, of course. But, I, you know, I didn't see anything out of the, you know, I didn't see any. I was I was expecting to see, like, hazmat there or something like that, because I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, this is an outbreak. And that by then, I didn't have my car. So I took the bus from where, me and the sticks, it takes took me like three <laughs> buses to get down to that area and um but you know it was fine and, and on the bus i mean this is before of course all of the mask mandates and everything like that so i mean and and i was in a hotel i was just down there you know i was fine i did not get sick okay the only time i got sick i got sick after thanksgiving two days after thanksgiving i got and I don't even know that it was COVID because, you know, I didn't get tested. But my, my, I, was at, I was visiting, you know, with my family. So my brother and his wife and my mother all vaccinated, okay? They prepared the food. My niece and I and her husband not vaccinated. Two days I get home and that's, I got really sick. I did. I mean, I, was, I had this weird cough and I had barely swallow i had a really bad sore throat oh i remember when that happened yeah yeah, remember my even doug our friend doug called me from freaking louisiana (laughs) he's like you have to get tested you have to get tested i'm like what what does that matter i live alone like in the boondocks i'm not near anybody i don't need to get tested you're gonna have to get a an infusion and and just all this, and then, you know, my brother and my mom, everybody's calling me that I need to get tested because I might have COVID. I mean, I had strep throat probably and a bad cough, and I got I was able to get ivermectin, and within 48 hours, I was fine. So, I mean, you know, whether it was or wasn't, I don't know. But my point is, is that it took almost two years you know, after this whole pandemic was, you know, orchestrated for me to even get anything. And I, and I was everywhere. And so uh, I guess my point is, is that, you know, we have to be careful about what we're putting in our bodies. It's not, you know, if government comes out and it's going to tell me to do this or that, uh, I'm sorry. If I thought I was a real threat to somebody, that's another story. But, you know, you can't believe what's what they're, they're saying most of the time i mean and i think that that was all by design as well because see we don't trust the government does anybody trust the government at this point i mean no i mean a lot of people don't in my opinion no i mean uh, if, uh, so, yeah 
If you don't believe that the government loves you, then why would you take anything that the government is offering you? As far as I'm concerned, the only interactions that I try to have with the government is every April 15th where they threaten me at gunpoint that I have to give them a part of my labor. I have to turn over my labor to them. That is the, that's the only thing they've done for me. What else have they done? I mean, there's potholes all over the place. The roads aren't even good. So, I mean, on to well, I was going to say, you mentioned, you know, it being ex- it, the vaccines being experimental. You know, there's basically nine different yeah. companies that created them in the West. I mean, at best, at best, they're an experimental vaccine. At worst, they could be anything else. And as I've said to the audience, even if right. you even if you took, let's say, one of them, Moderna, and let's say you collected 100 vials, two from every uh, one of the 50 states, right? So you have 100 vials of Moderna yeah. sitting on my desk right here. Who is to even say that in one vial is rat poison, in another vial right. is cancer, in another vial are nanoparticles, in another vial are graphene oxide? Mm-hmm. Just because you could technically read the list of ingredients doesn't mean that's what's in there. Look, you can go to the grocery store right now and buy a box of Cheerios. And let's say you read the side and it gives you 20 ingredients. Well, when you find a dead cockroach in that box, guess what? It wasn't on the ingredients, was it? And the other thing is just because the government tells them there's a law that they have to put the ingredients on the side, they could put cyanide in there. You have no idea what is inside those vials, nor does your doctor the pharmacist or the guy at the drive-up clinic in the parking lot of the goodwill he did not look at that vial underneath a microscope so when your doctor says it's safe don't worry it's not going to harm you or your unborn child they don't know that they don't know that at all even if they believe what's in the ingredients they don't know what all those different chemicals do so those people outright lie the other thing you mentioned was uh you know god and as i say on this show i don't i don't push christianity or any other religion but i talk openly that when you find when you remove god the creator uh, mother nature the natural world from the equation it opens the door for these scientists these engineers these technologists a great number of them the vast majority openly atheists to come in and try to play god and when they are focused on hacking hijacking and pirating and recoding dna uh, in humans in animals and plants that's what genetic modification is all about they are trying to play god so when you remove god from the equation you then allow these humans who believe they are gods and with the whole new age push the revival of this new age psychedelic nonsense that joe rogan pushes that uh deepak chopra pushes they are out there on a lot of these podcasts these so-called spiritual podcasts telling people that they are gods that's the whole idea of transhumanism to get these people to accept this technology and to accept this concept of trans transitional human and when you read about transhumanism it is transitional human and what they are actually doing is they're trying to move towards what's called a post-human world post-human means beyond human it means humans are dead 
gone. That's what that means. So that's where we're going with this. So once you start to remove God from the equation or you accept that there is a mother nature or that the natural world is more powerful than you yourself, then it opens the door for all this craziness to happen and and obviously we're seeing it happen because people like elon musk a devout transhumanist goes on joe rogan and you could go read hundreds of thousands of comments on youtube some could be bots but i know people in real life that love him so i don't think they need to use bots there are people that literally cheer this stuff on at this point oh yeah well yeah you know what else is interesting you know you talk about by the by we were talking about a little bit about the biometrics and things like that that they want to uh they want to i guess i don't know what the word is they they want it they want to watch it they want to um what's the word oh my god i'm just blanking but anyway they basically they want to be able to measure your biometrics that's what i mean they're trying they want to they want so in other words these other things that they're trying to do with the you know the whole eye thing when they're when it's going to go over your retina i mean you, you really want something like that on your eye. um they also are you talked about a little bit about the nanoparticles that are some some of the vaccines have these wait hold on one one second you keep you keep fading out i don't know if your microphone moved or your earpiece oh uh, hello can you hear me now i can better? hear you yeah can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, there's a storm. It just started pouring rain here. Ah. Um, but anyway, but yeah. So, so they were. T- so, and then you were talking about. Um, forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, you were talking it. about the uh, retina scanner on these uh, VR headsets. Yeah, the retina scanner, the retina scanner, and all of that. I mean, that's all to gauge and to to uh, to document to keep track of. You know how. Their exper- it's all experimental, in my opinion. I mean, it can't be good. It can't be healthy. There's no way in hell that, that, that that's good for your eyes. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if five years, ten years down the road, we're seeing people get uh, blind, blind because of all of this crazy stuff that they're, they're going to try with, with this technology. But then you talk about um, how, you know, the way that they're marketing with, with the tweens, teens, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, and 40-somethings is uh, through, you know, like, as I've said, television, movies, and this and that, and, you know, superheroes. Because the superhero universe, the Marvel universe, uh, what is it, Marvel and DC comics, that those universe, those universal um, universes, they are, you know, basically programming the young into thinking it's better you can be upgraded from a human if you get these chips or if you can do this if you use these products you, you can be you can have superpowers or you you can not re- they are there is a there's a faction out there that's talking about being upgraded our dna being upgraded there's also nutritional things that are out there that you have to, I, I just, just started researching this and I'm still looking into it, but there's these products that are natural, supposedly, that they're coming out with that that um, energize, e- electrify your cells. Mm. And it's supposed to, and then that goes in, I think, with the 5G stuff. I mean, we haven't even gone there. 
but uh, it's pretty scary. You have to really be able to know what you're putting in your body is my point with all this. Um, and, you know, like I said, the, the supernatural realm, the paranormal realm, you know, I mean, I watched all the paranormal shows. I used to, I actually used to be a paranormal investigator on the side for se- for several years, go out and do, uh, since it's Halloween, I'll just say this, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, do paranormal investigations, you know, and uh, all that. And it's pretty fun. I mean, you know, it was just a fun thing to do. Um, but you have to kind of understand that what the entertainment industry in particular and then along with some of the educational systems, you know, they're, whole, they, they're, they're trying to make people believe that it's better not to be human. And the bottom line is that's how they, and, and we, like you said, when you remove God from society, God from schools, God from, you know, our sports, uh, our sports things, you know, you remove that, then they have a blank slate these 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 bad people i'll just say baddies i don't know these evil people that are trying to control everything and trying to bring about this technocratic ai world where you know most everybody is a is either a cyborg a robot uh you know or hooked up into the hive mind uh starlink where they can control you they control i mean Klaus Schwab said in his book, right? The Great Reset talked about you will own nothing and you will be happy. Well, the only way that you're happy is if somebody's making you happy in your brain, you know. Oh, well, put your happy face on, you know. Um, well, exactly. Well, 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 exactly. No, I'm glad you just brought that up because I covered a couple of things related to that and it just kind of clicked in my head here. You know, Yuval Noah Harari has said, you know, the king philosopher to Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Uh, had said in one of his speeches, and he was telling the World Economic Forum uh, audience that he said, imagine the day when the supreme leader is giving a speech, and at home, they you could be smiling, but they know deep inside you that you are mad, you're upset, you fear them, whatever, because they could read your emotions. And so... Then, about a month or two ago, there was a story that came out of China, which had to do with these emotion bracelets they were making the bus drivers wear in Beijing, I believe it was. And so I was reading the article about the technology, and it said they're measuring heart rate, they're measuring uh, uh, blood oxygen level, Mm -hmm. whatever, with this thing, and that's how they can tell their emotion, if they're angry, if they're upset, or whatever. And meanwhile, there's a smart sock that a lot of people are buying now, and Owlette, Owl I think, is the company. Um, and people put it on their kid, and it's supposed to help you, you know, to know if your kid uh, is having a heart attack or something while it's asleep in the cradle. And so I started mm. to read the tech behind that, and it's the same exact vitals that the Chinese uh, bracelet is pulling. So they're tracking oh, the emotions on your child. Now, you have to be able to track the emotions if you want to be able to manipulate people's emotions. And so that's what I think a right. lot of this is going toward, is that they're going to end up being able to manipulate your emotions. That's what you're talking about with reading your retina and everything. So they need to have all yeah. these vital statistics in order to then manipulate you, which is what MK Ultra was all about, using LSD and brain right. shocking and everything else. It's just a far more advanced 
version of all of that stuff yeah. that we are seeing now and you're so right about the uh, marvel movies you used to do a segment that i helped you with produce a few of them it was called between the lines where you were talking about movies yeah. and tv shows but you're so right with the superheroes that is what marvel universe is all about and they're trying to get people into this idea of upgrading because humans according to the scientists and engineers are inefficient they are not streamlined and so the scientists and engineers will streamline them but as i tell the audience it is to the point of actually engineering humanity out of existence this is a war on humanity that's all this is so they have us Mm -hmm. look we have a lot of differences okay whether it's politics race religion all this other stuff that people can argue about and it is all real and at some point in the new world we'll probably be fighting about that again but what people don't realize right now is this is the (laughs) marvel super villains that have waged war on humanity with a goal of engineering humans out of existence. I truly believe past 2030, maybe approaching 2050, the ultimate goal is to completely engineer humans out of existence. And so look at just in the Marvel movies, look at Thanos, the anti-hero, who is just trying to save the galaxy by snapping his fingers with all of the uh, stones on his glove that will just eliminate 50% of the population. Come on, folks. The, yeah. the, the technocrats, the transhumanists have been writing about this stuff for over a 100 years. You don't think that the Marvel creators just imagined this, do you? They just came up with that plot line? I, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the thing. I mean, people don't understand, you know. Uh, you watching shows, you watch these movies, and every movie, I mean, the, listen, in my opinion, Okay, I, I was a huge Star Wars fan, okay? I think I was seven years old, eight years old when the original came out, and my father took me to go see Star Wars. But now you look back on it, I mean, you look at the technology. Do you really think that George Lucas came up with this story? With the, You know, they talk about, I don't know if you've talked about med beds. Supposedly there's some med beds out there um, that can help people heal and things like that. You know, back in... 1982 when empire strikes back came out there was there's the scene remember when he got uh when darth vader cut off luke's hand and and he got all beat up and then in the end they came and rescued him and he's in this like this this vat of water and it's kind of shocking and that's sort of like what a med bed is but it made him whole again right Mm. i mean i believe some of the some of the technology the the guns with the lasers and all that that i i believe they probably already have that stuff i mean we there's so much that that we don't even know the technology that they've that the military's been using and and all of this all through these shows my point is that in the movies they tell you they broadcast what it is that they're doing through these movies i mean did you see the new matrix movie did you see the Matrix? You saw the Matrix. Uh, what was it? Revolu- was it? What was the the latest one that came out last yes, year? Yes, I, I finally, I finally, I talked about it on the show. I finally watched it um, coming back from Poland, and I got to tell you, you know what I found that the big kicker was in there, and I got to go back and rewatch it. But this is what I took away from it: they now okay. have the humans 
merged in with the machines and they're supposed to be these good machines and good AI that are helping the humans. So I said, now they took the original story, which was to be afraid of the artificial intelligence and the robots. And right. now there's good artificial intelligence and it comes into the real life out of the matrix in the form of nanobot swarms, which is like what the new Morpheus mm-hmm. does. And he comes out as like a metal right. nanobot swarm version of himself. But I saw they go, okay, now they've got this idea that don't worry, there's good AI, which is what Elon Musk and Peter Thiel try to sell. Don't worry, there's good AI that's yeah. going to help us fel- fight the bad AI. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, my God. And then what was funny is at the very end, you know, Neo's standing there with uh, uh, Trinity and, you know, the new uh, uh, the sun, the light comes up right at the very end. It's just like it's a new world, you know, and that was just so prolific to me, you know, because that's that's what they're, they're going to do. I mean, they're 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 completely going to destroy this the world that we know. Okay, what we grew up in, they're 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 going to totally change it. I mean, you know, and let's not even talk about. I mean, there's the cash society you mentioned about, you know, China. I mean, they're going to do this whole credit score uh, crap. I mean, they, they, China's been doing that for the last five seven years. They've already been under that credit score system where you know they track everything, and you know you can only buy a certain amount of this, a certain amount of that. That's what they're doing. That's what, and to think that it's not going to happen here, I mean, you you, you got to be, you're, you're, you're naive into thinking that. I mean, and I hate to be so, I don't know, brash or, you know, about it, but it's true, you know. And the only thing that I think at this point that people can do is to focus on on, on whatever goal they have personally in order to, you know, still... I, I I encourage people to, you know, still listen to podcasts like yours and still, you know, keep their pulse on what's going on in, in the reality of the situation, but also don't stop living, you know, and just, okay, well, it's all over. I'm done. Or wait for a lot of people are like, oh, the rapture's coming. And well, I'm like, listen, you know, it ain't, that's, I mean, if you're going to follow the Bible, we're not even halfway near there. <laughs> if that, if that, if in fact there is going to be a rapture, because they've history, they've controlled history, they've controlled our education system, they've controlled everything. We don't even know what's real anymore. We don't even know if our history is true, because the people that have been creating this world for generationally have been in control. These thirteen families that have been in control and 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 you know, on up these billionaires. I mean, they write the reality. They write history. So to say that, you know, we, I mean, we think we know what our history is, but we're, we only know what we've been told. So it's a whole new thing. Um, no, listen, and, listen. I, am, know, I, 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 no, I'm really glad you brought that up. I was actually going to, work something in as we were talking about the movies to work towards your book but let's hit on this for a moment if you have time do you have time Sure, sure. Okay, because this is really important. When you just talked about the, the rapture and end times, and if you're going to follow the Bible, we're only you know halfway there anyway. What these people are doing, in my opinion, is they're 
Well, just like we're talking about orchestrating the collapse of the current forms of government, the current institutions and all this stuff, they are orchestrating because remember there's various types of people out there and so they can drive people into these personalized echo chamber feedback loops so it's almost a choose your own adventure so if you live on your phone they're constantly putting stuff in front of you that either confirms your biases or it drives you into a narrative that they want you to believe so there's a large faction of people out there coming out of the evangelical movement and coming out of even uh, parts of uh, Judaism, coming out of parts of Islam that that want this, you know, their version of the end times to come. And so part of what I think right. the plan is, is they are orchestrating the end times. So if they can orchestrate an illusion right. of the end times, they can drive you into the hands of the new system. It's just like this flim flam that Peter Thiel's playing with the new right. And so make everything look corrupt. I mean, just show the real corruption. You don't have to make it look corrupt. Show the real corruption, lift the right. veil on it, but then drive people away from the idea of restoring a republic into the idea of accepting a technocracy. And so if you can create this illusion of end times coming, they can also either one, sell you a false god, or two, sell you into a new system that ends end times. And so what I see coming based on all the technology I've read about and their different plans is basically two worlds. And there's going to be one world, which is the physical world that we live in now, but it's going to be run as a total, complete, you know, smart world, or we call it a prison planet. So basically, all the plants, all the animals, all everything is going to be controlled, and then everything is going to be monitored with smart tech and the Internet of Things, Internet of Bodies devices. And then you have the second world, which is the digital world and the digital world will basically be what the metaverse is that's like the matrix where you actually plug in to the matrix so the whole idea of the fourth industrial revolution is the merger of the physical biological and digital we are the biological the physical is what we walk around in and the digital is the metaverse so it's the fusion of the three that's actually what they talk about and so you have to make everything in this physical world be disgusting and destroyed and corrupt and dirty just like in the matrix in the original matrix movie so you're living on the ebenezer ship and you're eating mush it's disgusting it's dingy it's dark it's destroyed that is the misery that these folks are trying to create here if they disrupt the supply chains which they control so it's not too hard to disrupt them they cut back on oil home heating fuel You know, over in Germany now, my wife's brother is there. Gasoline prices actually change during the day. They move the prices up and down on the pumps daily. Uh, People are burning garbage now because they can't afford to get coal, which they use over there. So they're creating misery. But that's the goal where they're going to end up driving people into living in their 400-square-foot box where they own nothing. And you strap on the VR headset or you turn on your brain chip and you go into the metaverse where you own a mansion and you have a Lamborghini. That is the idea of which they are selling you this concept that you're going to be a god, a god in your own world, in Inside a video game basically is what it is. I mean, there's no difference right. I see between that and the Matrix. So, how many people they're going to try to kill? Uh, I mean, look, I, I imagine they have formulas that tell them 
how many humans actually have to live for the planet to survive. It's just like if we cut down every tree, right. the planet can't survive. So when you see Bill Gates back in 2010 at TED Talk talking about uh, how he wanted to innovate to zero carbon, he had a whole formula. You see, you, you've all know Harari, talk about hacking humans, they have a formula. So they have a formula for how many humans they need to be whatever they're going to serve the purpose for, like filtration systems because we breathe in and out, you know, oxygen and, right. and carbon dioxide so i think that's where this is going but part of it i truly believe and unfortunately a lot of christians are falling for this is they're trying to orchestrate the illusion of end times which then allows them Mm -hmm. to either swoop in as the hero or sell them as you say the antichrist and we've had conversations on text back and forth with uh our friend dan govach that i've had on he studied theology for 40 years or something like that and so he studies all these sort of extremist versions of the abrahamic religions and so that's kind of what i see is happening is this they're orchestrating this end times scenario and then the antichrist that rises as dan thinks it will actually be more of a system than say an individual person whether it be you know trump or joe biden or elon musk he sees it more as the rise of this artificial intelligence probably something connected Mm -hmm. to this metaverse world like the antichrist will actually be a system that they try to drive us into right well, you know, um, there are a bunch of prophets out here, you know, on YouTube. Um, and there was one, um, it, I don't know if you knew, uh, oh, what was his name? Mark. Um, he did the Trump prophecies. He was he was the one that talked about the Trump prophecies that he supposedly had, that Trump was going to become president. He supposedly got this in 20, I mean, yeah, 2011. And then, you know, all this, I didn't learn about all of that until I think it was like 2017, 2018, something like that. Well, listen, Chrissy, hang on one second. In 2015, I said Trump would be president. So I'm changing the name of this show to The Prophet. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I think fifty percent. I think 50% of us said Trump would be president. So. Yeah, I know. I think I did too. I mean, yeah. all of us were, were wanting it to happen. I mean, let's, let's just not, you know, beat around the bush here. We all were like, yeah, yeah. you know, he's going to be president. But, um, but no, but, but, um, but this guy, and he talked about, which was so interesting, which I really do believe this, talked about, the churches, okay, and how the many, you know, most of them, ninety-seven percent, are under five hundred one c three, which means it's a nonprofit, right? Nonprofit organization. Well, when you're under a five hundred one c three, a nonprofit organization, you are still basically controlled by the government, okay? So they, so ninety-seven percent of the churches, of the ministries, of whatever, whatever religion you are, it doesn't even matter, okay? Their job is to, is to guide you into this new world order. I mean, that's what this is. And he talked, he talked about it, um, Mark Taylor, that's his name. So, um, you know, if you want to look him up, he's got all of his prophecies for free. Um, I on if you look him i I can't i don't remember his website or whatever but you can look him up mark taylor and he was on all the christian um circuit you know on tv you know all the big 
the big mega churches and talking about that um, all around on YouTube for the last several years. And so when you look at it that way, it's scary because then you realize religion is, first of all, man-made. That's my belief, okay? And I'm, I, I don't want to, like, stomp on anybody's belief system. You know, it, it, you know, you guys, are, you know, whatever you believe in is fine with me, you know. But in my opinion, you know, church is man-made. But spiritual, like if you, you're, you feel connected to God, that's a personal relationship that you have with God. And so that's sort of where I'm at. And I don't ascribe to any uh, church. And in fact, when I was even like eight years old, nine years old, I, I you know, I never, I, I said, I'm not going to church. I told my mom, because I knew it's also a way of controlling the society based on different beliefs. And, and 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 controlling your life and i just never ascribed to one particular religion i would say that i am christian just in the sense of that for me i believe in god jesus the holy spirit and the bible however when i talk about the bible i think a lot of it was taken out i mean the king james bible didn't even come out till what the middle ages i think it was like in the 1500s they redid it 1600s i'm not i you know i could be wrong on the dates but but you know they revamped it they took stuff out so we don't even know i mean what's in there who knows what revelations really was you know what i mean and and i do think that yeah they are trying to orchestrate the end times quicker than I would say whatever God's time would be, you know, if in fact there is a, it, you know, is an end time. So people, all these religions that are out there, a lot of these uh, ministries that are out there that are, you know, on TV, on YouTube, doing all their stuff, uh, you know, that's what they're talking about. And then you have these quote prophets that are out there talking about, you know, things are going to happen with this whole, you know, Trump the whole, you know, getting America back, uh, you know, all this. And the fact, the fact of the matter is, is that you have to use your own discernment in, and, and take in all this information and then discern for yourself what you believe and don't believe and what's right for you in your life. And I think that that's the key to surviving at this juncture. You have to, and you know, nobody says you have to be you know, we have a society that says you have to be one way, very materialistic and very blah, 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 you know, and very this and that. And you have to want to have the biggest house on the block. You want to have the best car. You want it. That, but that's all materialistic things. And in the, in, in the end of it all, that's not what matters. I mean, I believe we have a soul. I believe, you know, we are down here, I believe, on Earth to evolve as a spiritual being in any and and we all everybody has their different methods and that's sort of it but you know there is life after death um you know my sister died in 2006 and so that kind of led me into sort of the paranormal and the supernatural and then you know sort of starting to study all that and um and you know i believe and and most people i think believe that there is an afterlife there are atheists out there that don't i actually had an interview once with william b davis from the x-files he was a cigarette smoking man 
And uh, he was an atheist. And I thought that was so interesting, you know. It's like, wow, I never met an atheist. But he's an atheist. He believes, you know, whatever you do here, that's it, that's it. And then you're done. And that mentality allows for a lot of manipulation of people, of uh, being able to guide them to where they want you to go. And when I say they, I mean the deep state, the bad, the cabal, whatever, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, okay? These people that are, these leadership that are of the world, these few elites. I mean, and if people understood, these few people that are running everything and creating the chaos on planet, it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> I mean, God didn't intend for this cabal to come in and completely hijack humanity. And my hope is that there will be some kind of divine intervention here because i mean honestly do you really think that god creator or whatever it is that you believe is going to allow his creation of dna to be destroyed i say no i say that's not going to happen that's my hope because otherwise we are in a nightmare scenario i mean we are we are moments away from really being locked down forever i mean and 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 you're right i mean i think they're trying to get rid of of mankind they're trying to get rid of humans because see then like i said before in the conversation you if you're not human you have no human rights you have no rights and they can do whatever the hell they want they can take your kids they can put them in indoctrination camps. They can, I mean, because then they own the kids. That's why it's so interesting that they're they're forcing this vaccine on kids, trying to say, oh, well, you have to have vaccine for the kids. You're going to give your, 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 you know, five-year-old an experimental vaccine so they can go to school? I mean, what is this? It, 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 it's just pure insanity. And so we have to, as a human race, start thinking about each other in that on that level instead of all the divisional things of the world and how they divide us. They divide us from race. They divide us from religion. They divide us from, you know, everything, uh, you know, this whole, let's not even talk about the gender bender crap that's going on. The woke <laughs> crap. I mean, it just, uh, that's a whole other thing. It makes me so angry that these kids are being forced. I can't even imagine being a little elementary school kid and having to learn about sex. I mean, no. I'm so grateful. I, I didn't know that, anything that, that, about anything until I was 18. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 I was just completely... That's all driven by the uh, transhumanists as well. It's just um, planting the idea in the next yeah. generation of the transitional human. And so transgender is just transitional gender, meaning that you can live between genders because, I mean, anyone who's right. realistic about this knows you cannot become a woman if you're a man. You cannot become a man if you're a woman. Now, you can take hormone blockers and uh, estrogen and get plastic surgery. That's all it is. But uh, you're now a transgender. Right gender because you hacked up your body and that's just the gateway drug to the idea of a transitional human where you can transition your mind up into the cloud you could become a cyborg you could beam your mind down into right. a, a banana or whatever the hell you think that you're going to become and so they have to confuse everyone now i wanted to ask you this uh 
because I think this is important uh, as we transition into your book. But this also has to do with movies and now everything else that we're talking about, like planting the idea of the Marvel superheroes and people upgrading themselves to superhero status. So I thought about this while we were just talking. And what I find to be interesting, and you watch a lot of TV and movies and used to track them and write about them and run blogs on different soap operas and stuff. But let me ask you if this is intentional. The last couple of decades, we've seen the rise of the anti-hero. And the concept of the anti-hero goes all the way back to classical Greek drama, the uh, Roman satire, uh, Renaissance literature. Uh, So it's been around for a long time. First actually termed an anti-hero in 1714, okay? So for those that don't know, an anti-hero is a main character in a story who may lack conventional heroic qualities and attributes such as idealism, courage, and more morality, all of which we lack today. It says, although anti-heroes may sometimes <laughs> perform actions that are morally correct, it is not always for the right reasons, often acting primarily out of self-interest or in ways that defy conventional ethical codes. An anti-hero typically exhibits one of the dark triad personality traits, which include narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, which we all have now and so in the last couple of decades we've seen the rise of characters like tony soprano we've seen dexter morgan we've seen ray donovan we've seen walter white Mm -hmm. actually in breaking bad it was interesting because the two main characters were both anti-heroes walter white and jesse pinkman in every other episode They would have you cheering on one or the other, but at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. they were two murdering, psychopathic drug dealers. Now, again, they may have, Jesse more than Wall, acted out of somewhat morality once in a while, but while Jesse would complain Mm -hmm. about Gus Fring using children to sell drugs or a child being killed, he had murdered multiple people throughout the show, and he was slinging drugs two people that were not taking care of their children because they were drug addicts. So do you think there has been this intentional rise of these anti-hero characters? Because I think as it relates to real life, everything we see now is like uh, predictive programming. As we're willing to cheer on Walter White or Ray Donovan or Tony Soprano or Dexter Morgan, At the same time, in real yeah, life, we totally. then go on, we go to cheer on Donald Trump. We cheer on Elon Musk. We cheer on these real life anti heroes that they throw in in front of us. That say, "Well, this guy is now a Christian." Uh, speaking of Donald Trump, he's been married three times. He's been accused of beating his wife, but don't worry. Now he's here to save America. I mean, do you think this is intentional? And in, uh, is this predictive programming? Yeah, it is predictive programming. I mean, you brought up Dexter, which, yeah, I mean, I watched Dexter. And it's so funny because you do, you start cheering for these criminals. Like, that it's okay as long as the angle is, and a lot of these shows are like that. You know, as long as the you have the, the main character is a criminal or is doing something, you know, bad, whatever it is. It's okay because he's got a heart of gold in there or he's doing it for, but there's a, he's trying to rid the world of these criminals. So it's okay for him to go out and kill these criminals. 
that 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 was the the whole mindset with the Dexter thing, right? And it's it's crazy to me, but it is predictive programming, and you have to remember too. I mean, things got for me as far as like in television. I'm going to talk just specifically about television for a minute. You know, when um, when Obama got rid of the Smith Month Act of 1948, which banned uh, any kind of government propaganda in the United States. Once that happened, the last so it's been 10 years since he did that. Okay, everything they needed that in order to create their pandemic to use the news to use it. They also recategorized the news as entertainment news, which is very interesting. In 2012, they recategorized it. It's entertainment news now. That's what they call it. It's not factual, okay? It doesn't have to be factual. It doesn't have to be true. It's just entertainment news. So you like whoever you like and you watch them and, and they pull out their, you know, their CIA 4 a.m. Uh, thing, you know, Mockingbird Media. We know all about that. And so all these shows, I, the interesting thing is this too, I've been watching shows pre-2012. So like in the early 2000s, you had, remember Friday Night Lights? That was a really good, wholesome show about, you know, a, a high school football team and the coach and this little coat town in Texas and how they were, you know, all, everything revolved around the football team, the high school football team there. And it was very, you know, very Americana. You've had the Gilmore Girls, which I just started watching because my niece liked it. It was just about a mom, a single mom and, and her daughter and, you know, her going to school, you know, anyway, it was just very wholesome. There was none of this crap in it. There was none of this political agenda crap. Every single show that has come out pretty much since about 2012, I would say, maybe 2013, everything has an agenda. You have, um, you know, like shows like I Love the Ranch on Netflix. I watched the Ranch on Netflix. They had political back and forth, but they showed both sides. They, they would show the right side, the conservative side, the left side, liberal side. But they, you know, they, they basically were able to do that because of this reversal of the Smith-Munt Act of 1948. And so now it's every single show, every single talk show, every single news channel, everything that you see, whether it's on Hulu, Netflix, Prime, all these new, any new shows, it's full of whatever the government propaganda twist is, whatever they want out there. The woke crap, okay? The they still use racism. Uh, I in fact, this is how crazy it is. I was watching uh, Restaurant Impossible, where you know the chef, uh, uh, what is his name, Irvine, Robert Irvine. He goes and he helps people with their the restaurant, goes in and renovates them. And I like to watch it just for the renovation part of it, right? Because it's just stupid and it's you know it's supposed to be just a brainless thing. But no, they've got you know, a black woman on there saying, well, you know, I've been suppressed and I've been oppressed and da, 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 and I, it's been really hard for me. I'm sorry. Every single race has had it hard. It's not just black people, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because 
they because they they're 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 fueling the racial fire in this country and that goes on all the time in all these shows they've i mean it's just the whole thing has been just really sad to watch and for me it used to be fun to watch tv you, you i mean i grew up with dukes of hazard for god's sake funny show you know there was none of this. Now people, they're afraid. They, they, oh, well, there's a Confederate flag on, on the General Lee. I mean, come on. Everything is a racist thing. Everything is a, is a, is a fascist statement. Everything. I mean, back then, it was just TV, people. You know, get a grip. The whole, the whole um, I just think, temperature of the way we... Uh, society operates now on social media and wherever, whatever platforms. It's just this PC stuff has just gotten out of control. We just need to go back to being regular human beings. And if 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 the media would change, if the mainstream media would change, that would be a big help. But yeah, I mean, as far as television goes, it's just it's all twenty four seven propaganda for whatever purposes they have so like you said there's people that you know for whatever group right they're all targeting they're targeting every single type of group out there it's really incredible to see and now i see through everything i mean i commercials everything you can see the propaganda through it in a second it's so simple and i'm hoping and praying that people are waking up to all of this and like turning their TVs off. I mean, that's, I, I, you know, I'll still watch. I, like I said, I've been watching shows from like the nineties, the eighties and nineties, because there wasn't that, you know, when you go back to the 1980s, you know, I, I used to watch family ties, you know, with uh, Michael J. Fox. And yes, I watched the Cosby show before we knew he was a monster. Okay. <laughs> but you know, cheers, uh, you know, shows like that Frasier. I mean, these were just shows that were fun to watch. There wasn't any any political propaganda in them. And, and, and then you had Murphy Brown come on the scene, which, you know, oh, my God, you know. And, and back then I used to watch it thinking, oh, this is so funny. But now I look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, they were, in, they were influencing. Everything is to influence whoever fits that, that category, you know. It's all targeted, and it's all by these these think tanks it's all by design and the only way around it is to step outside this matrix and start you know i I, you know pick and choose what you're watching or just don't even i don't know i and it's so funny because i've talked you and i have spoken about this dustin about the fact like i don't understand why i'm not brainwashed at this point because you know (laughs) i used to watch i watched soap operas from 1984 to 2015 okay i watched every single news show every i don't understand why i'm not brainwashed like like a lot of people so it's so funny when i look back at everything and you know i'm trying not to be preachy but it's really really hard because i just want people to be able to see through the matrix i just need need that to happen you know it's it's it's, it's so frustrating 
No, I was just saying, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And you were talking about uh, removal of the, uh, you know, mainstream media. Well, if you follow Peter Thiel and his guy, Curtis Yarvin, part of their plan under centralizing everything is to remove mainstream media and academia and concentrate that under the king as well. So I'm sure it'll be much better when it's concentrated under the king. But. Let me, let me just bring this up to you because yeah. I never said I, ne- I never said this to the audience. You were talking about 1948, the Smith Munt Act. Now, obviously, our government was probably propaganda uh, propagandizing us before, but that actually made it legal um, when they removed yeah. that for them to propagandize U.S. citizens on U.S. soil, and they did it under the guise that because of satellite communication and internet and everything else, that they weren't going to be able to separate the two anymore. And I've never mentioned this to my audience, but folks, Steve Bannon, because now on his War Room show, has uh, reporter Joe Allen, who we tried to get on the show, who, uh, after I hammered him on Twitter about Peter Thiel, he has not returned any of my emails. Um, Steve Bannon's (laughs) show is produced by Voice, uh, America's Voice, Real America's Voice, and um, they control a lot of the new conservative news. Now, Real America's Voice, when they launched... Their news feed was feeding all of the news from Voice of America. Voice of America is the CIA. That's the CIA, one of, uh, just like Radio Free Europe, Radio Free Asia, is CIA propaganda that we launched during World War II overseas. And then we have Voice mm-hmm. of America. And so they were using and curating right. all of Voice of America's news as their own news. And so I've done some research into Real America's Voice, who produces Steve Bannon's show. And Real America's Voice, folks, is tied right into that network and there was a big thing that occurred when steve bannon was instrumental in the trump white house that they installed one of his allies mm-hmm. in charge of the uh, governing body that oversees all of our government's propaganda it's all intertwined i mean everyone is aware of operation mockingbird you have somebody like anderson cooper who openly admitted to training in the cia journalist school but then says that has no effect over how he does his reporting you yeah, have tucker right. carlson's father Tucker Carlson's father, who was right. instrumental in all of that. So, I mean, you have these guys, but you have Sean Hannity who wears a CIA pin on his lapel every night for the last five, six yeah. years. So, I mean, you have these guys all right out in the open. I mean, everything is now government propaganda. The other thing that we talk about here is that the majority of these so-called influencers that we see they grow out of systems that are funded by people like peter thiel on the right you have other ones funded by people like george soros on the left and those guys are all front men they're oligarchs for the government so everything is now tainted i mean there's very few uh, it's difficult i have to sit here and say i'm not one of them i mean if mike is one of them i don't know that because he isn't paying my bills but the thing is is that uh there's right. so many people out there that are tainted and now they're part of this network and they're all pushing these uh, influence campaigns. And at the end of the day, I think they're driving us towards this whole concept of uh, technocracy. That's the only way you can really truly manage uh, a worldwide government is through a technocracy. And like I said, they didn't have the technology to do it before. Now they do have the technology to do it. And they don't have to ever... Yeah. See, this is the key to this thing. Even if you, like, let's say you were going to actually implement a true 
like democracy, like a populist democracy. And let's say everyone has a smartphone and every morning you get up and it says, uh, this is the federal government. Do you want garbage to be picked up on Tuesdays or Fridays, right? And so you vote Tuesday. And then it comes back at the end of the day, like a Twitter poll. And it says 61% of the world population wants garbage picked up on Fridays. Now, you're just assuming that over 50% of the people actually voted for that. You're assuming that the right. system is not fake. It's not rigged. <laughs> so all they have to do, and this is fed through uh, TV shows, social media, basically the personalized feedback loops, you know, the propaganda. They only have yeah. to make you believe once you accept the idea of a democracy, which is more than 50% vote for one thing or the other thing. Once they make you accept that that's real and it's true and it's transparent, then all they have to do is make you believe the illusion that there's a mandate by the people. So if they implement right. or anoint a king. Whether that be, let's say, that, that Theo and them want Trump to do it from the inside, or whether it's going to be someone like Elon Musk anointed the technocratic king from the outside, because he can't technically be president, even though we don't have any laws or constitution anymore. But let's just say they pretend there is. Oh, he no, can't but be. But they will anoint him the technocratic king from the outside, because he's been anointed as that by Joe Rogan. And then let's say Trump runs, you'll have him anointed from the inside. They don't have to get 50% of people to actually vote for a technocratic no fascist king they just have to create an illusion that over 50 percent of the people right. agreed with it and then the rest of the people eventually get in line i think part of this election fraud stuff we had to live through the last two years to me it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. so what are we talking about I, I look at election fraud as that it ends up with two people that i don't want and i have to accept one of them that's fraud enough to me but so if yeah. both people are bought and paid for, who cares if they let people actually vote and if they really count the votes and that's how the person wins or if they actually rig a machine one way or the other at this point, who cares? So with, with Trump, we got COVID land, the high school theater production. You think I want him any more than I want Joe Biden? No, I want none of them. Actually, at the end of the day, I want no one. <laughs> so they drive people into this illusion of choice. But when you built up January 6th, uh, this would have been the psychological operation I would have ran. You build up January 6th, you build up election fraud, you have Trump keep talking about it, and eventually everyone just becomes desensitized to the idea that there is election fraud. There's no mass uprising. People weren't burning down the elite's mansions, you know, and dragging them out of their homes right. and beating them in the streets. I mean, I'm not talking about Paul Pelosi uh, and his boyfriend hitting each other with hammers. But the thing <laughs> oh, is, God, is that... that so funny. But so what they did is they ran a test and the test was you gin everybody up and then in the end, everyone just accepts it. Even if you truly believe there was fraud, you just accept it. And so now they know, just like with COVID, they could push everyone around. Now they know with election fraud, they could run a system like this and they could just say, look, at the end of the day, there was no fraud. There's a mandate. Trump is the techno king. That's just the way it's going to be. And the vast majority right. of people just are going to accept it because they are already know there's never upheaval in the streets everything we've ever seen in the streets in the last decade was all orchestrated and fake antifa was fake blm is fake uh the january 6th stuff is fake all that stuff is fake it's all orchestrated by the state uh i, I tend to believe even the trucker stuff was not that there weren't real truckers there 
who were supporting the cause, but I believe the leadership was fake. The idea behind that was to set up uh, a scenario in which they could collapse supply chains and then eventually they could run this scheme again and then use it to introduce autonomous trucks under Elon Musk. They could say, see, the truckers are selfish. They won't bring you your food. So now Elon Musk has a fleet of one million autonomous trucks we're going to roll out. Everything these guys do is just so strategic. It's like the perfect yeah. uh, like the perfect book. Like you and I were talking about um, when I reached out to you about six weeks ago and I said, hey, what if we wrote a book mm-hmm. about the history of technocracy and transhumanism? I'm almost at the point right. where I'm like, it might be better to write a fictional novel, like the best dystopian yeah. novel ever written. And we don't even have to make anything up. We just bring everything in from real yeah. life. And I'm yeah. thinking we don't even make up names for them. Like, we'll just call Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel. Why should we even make up names for the characters at this point? Why do we even have to worry? I know we don't even have to worry about it. I mean, listen, they, they put everything out there for the truth. And most people don't have the time or the energy to go and look for it, do research or do anything. But hey, we'll just put it all in one book. You buy the book. And there's there's the history. There you go. This is exactly what they've been doing. I I, I love that idea. Actually, it would be easier than trying to come up with uh, characters. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we could just call it like the, we'll just call it like the the Bible according to technocracy or something. Like like let's just we we, yeah, we put yeah. all this. I, I mean, the book would be. I, I've started jotting down ideas. I know you started bulleting some stuff. I'm like, my book right now would be about 17,000 pages. Like, I don't, like, I got to have a chapter where it's a dark layer where uh, Ray Kurzweil is, like, in his dungeon and he's stirring a big cauldron and, uh, like, figuring out how to beam his consciousness up to the cloud. I mean, it would be, it actually needs to be released on Halloween for sure. Like, it it definitely has to be released. It'd be like, It'd be like, well, I know, and of course, I've got so much entertainment stuff, it's crazy. And I mean, let's talk about Halloween just for a second. I mean, they came out with a Hocus Pocus 2. Hocus Pocus, the original one, was done in the 80s, 87, 88, something like that. And it starred, of course, Bette Midler and uh, uh, what's her name? Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, Kathy Nimji as these witches that come back from, they, they get re, re, I guess they get reincarnated or whatever after a virgin lights this candle anyway it's a cult classic i liked it i mean you know i used to watch it every single halloween because it was just going back in time right well anyway disney of course uh which everybody needs to like get rid of disney i'm sorry and i was a huge disney person so it pains me to say that but which 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 chrissy by by the way by the way, that plot wouldn't work today because there's no more virgins. So, <laughs> I know, right? There's no more virgins in the world anymore. I mean, it's so crazy. But yeah, so just so so Hocus Pocus two is then I haven't watched it. I refuse to go over and pay money and do anything with that, right? But I found it really interesting, and you know, as far as the entertainment goes i mean it 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 could be infinity i there's so many subjects to talk about and how they've infiltrated i mean when you go back i i actually researched you know the beginnings of when they when tv how they even create you know uh invented television 
when they brought it out to the World's Fair, and I think it was 1939, the 1939 fair, they brought it out, and then within 20 years, they seem to work in 10-year increments, is what I've realized, um, this cabal, this whatever, because they, they, they have set goals, you know, we talk about Bilderberg, uh, you know, their meetings every every year, They that's how they plan, They they have specific goals for each year. And that's what they do. They plan this stuff out because by 1950s, mid 50s, um, most households at that point, my mother, she was, uh, let me think, she was 15 or something when there, when her family got the first TV in their home. But by the, by, by 1960, most homes had te- at least one television. And, you know, then you go on the 60s 70s 80s 90s and and into the present so interesting how i mean most homes have two or three or four tvs not to mention computers and everything else and so you know when you look at the big picture of how they've been able to infiltrate our daily lives i mean everything revolves around the tv now you know what do you do when you're home sick you sit home and watch tv what do you do when you come home from work you watch tv what do you do when you're out and about? Now they've made it so that you, you know, you can pull it up on your phone, whatever you want, you can pull up. Uh, all these apps, they make it. You know, the apps on the on cell phones, they only came out pretty much in 2009, 2008, 2009. And look where we are now. Ten years later, everybody's got one, got, got a smartphone. Everybody's got an iPhone Everybody or, or some form of a smartphone. Everybody's got apps all over the place. I mean, it's incredible how they operate. And I actually, I mean, in some ways, in some respects, I feel like, you know, wow, you know, that they came up with these plans to drive the populace into these things. And uh, they do it through shows also. Um, You know, I was a huge X-Files fan, of course. I'm a big, I mean, I like sci-fi. Huge, of course, I love David Duchovny, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, mm. I was a huge X Files fan. That came out in 1993, and there were. I mean, you think Chris Carter, who was the creator and writer, uh, he wrote most of the episodes, the the mythology episodes about the aliens, all that stuff, the the shadow government, and all that. That shit was going on. I mean, they talked about the experiments. They went down in the dumps where they were doing experiments, where they were doing experiments with, you know, creating humans and alien hybrids and all that. Do you really think that's not real? Of course it is. Of course. And Chris Carter brought it all up to the front in the 90s. And, you know, and and what, and I mean, the Exiles fans, I mean, they're so, I mean, worldwide. So that's, how television has, you know, it, 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 it helps shape your ideologies. It helps shape your, you know, what you think you know, you know, and it's so embedded in our lives. It really is incredible. When I, when, when I take a step back and look at everything, like when, you know, we were talking about doing this book, I was like, oh my God, like my section. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, thousands of pages really when you, when you get down to, yeah because i've i've only mapped out 17 chapters at this point for entertainment and i'm thinking well i better stop or else nobody's who's gonna read this book that has <laughs> a zillion pages in it you know <laughs> I mean, 
love to do a series maybe or something, a, a series of books or concentrating on one aspect maybe. And then I don't know. It, it's endless. It could be an endless, an endless series, really. Yeah. There's just so much. It's going to be like the Encyclopedia Britannica of uh, technocracy and transhumanism. Yeah. No, I, that, well, that's see, that's what I was thinking is that of doing it a multiple because here I've been trying to focus on understanding the history, then where we are today, and then where it's going, and the whole reason, like you, you were talking earlier about uh, living your life, continuing to live your life, and so what I always try to talk about here is that if you understand where we're at and where we're going where we're going like you look at their 2030 plans or 2050 plans you try to figure out where we're going then you're able to start to figure out the moves you have to make if you want to if this is yeah. just in your personal life look if they decide to yeah. just you know uh crop dust your garden in the backyard and kill everything there's nothing you could really do about that if they decide to just round right. us up and kill us there's nothing you could really do i mean so you can't get so black pilled on that stuff that you give up on trying to insulate right. yourself from this stuff and so I just figured the more you know that's coming, the more you can plan ahead. Not really for us. I mean, as far as I'm concerned now, I'm only 41, but now my life is going to be about uh, my kid. So it's you have to figure mm -hmm. out uh, the world that you want to try to raise them in. But you, at the same time, I really think about it a lot. Like, I'm going to have to teach them uh between the ages of zero and 13 basically everything from going full amish to being a computer programmer so that when they turn 13 yeah. 14 15 they can decide what direction they want to go if they decide they want to put a brain chip in and and try to go live life in the matrix i mean at the end of the day that's their choice but if i can educate them on that right. whole range like hey you want to live like ted kaczynski out in a cabin somewhere you want to live like daniel boone like okay this is how you're going to do it if you decide you want to be a computer programmer and work for the bad guys then you know this is how you do it you can't completely uh isolate them or insulate them because once they see the real world they're going to be like holy crap you did not train me for this <laughs> you did not get right. me ready for this so i was almost actually thinking about the idea of creating a character that is like a little baby born into this stuff and then where mm -hmm. they're going to be 18 years from now, it's it's very difficult. I mean, we can look at their plans, but a lot of it is very difficult to yeah. predict because technology is reaching the point of exponential growth. And that's where things start to get really dangerous because, uh, you know, and Yuval Noah Harari is basically spitting in our face, but he is telling you the truth that yeah. there's going to come a point where every day you wake up you're going to have to reinvent yourself because you uh, are a truck driver you lose your job to an autonomous truck so then you say well i want to stay in this industry so i'm going to become a mechanic who learns how to fix autonomous trucks well then you wake up tomorrow and they have a robot that fixes autonomous trucks they don't need you anymore yeah. now what are you going to be and so every day that goes by you have to completely reinvent. I've been focused a lot on the show, too, talking about how we don't realize it, but technocracy is actually already here, and they actually did it through the guise of the so-called private sector. If you think about a vast majority of the service industry workers have been moved into gig work. Well, gig work is controlled by the technocracy. Therefore, they're controlling the means of distribution through the gig workers, and they're also controlling the work schedules, which is what they want. If right. you take 
creatives, you know, graphic designers, uh, illustrators, video editors. Vast majority of those people sell their work now, their services through Fiverr.com and websites like that. Well, what is that? We've just yeah. concentrated all the creative services under the technocrats. So they've moved us into the technocracy. I mean, Chrissy, think about it from the perspective of content creators, like truly independent content creators. You rely on YouTube. Yeah. Bit shoot odyssey mm -hmm. rumble look at me i'm on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. all that stuff is concentrated under the hands of the technocracy a lot of people don't know this but rumble that's uh owned by peter thiel spotify is owned right. by peter thiel so when when rogan was supposedly having a spat with spotify over his covid denialism uh -huh. which was a complete lie and they said uh rumble's yeah. going to give him a hundred million dollars to leave and come over to rumble it was peter thiel that owns spotify and peter thiel that owns rumble so it was peter thiel trying to take joe right. rogan away from peter thiel <laughs> so as you can see yeah we're, we're, we're already under the technocracy yeah, totally. And it was so funny, too, because my niece, she's 28, and she loves Joe Rogan. I mean, and I try and tell her, she's like, can you believe they're going to take him off? And blah, blah. I said, honey, <laughs> let me tell you a little story, you know, and I told her and she still has a hard time wrapping her. Like, no, I really don't think that that would, why would he do that? I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's just it's all. It's all perceptions, it's all antics, it's all, you know, it's just all an illusion, 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 everywhere. And, you know, unfortunately, young minds, especially, you know, there's TikTok, which is, I guess, the big thing. I have not been on TikTok. My niece is on there 24-7. You know, that's why she started watching Joe Rogan, by the way, because he puts clips of his show on TikTok. Oh. I mean, like social media is really driving a lot of these, you know, these crazy feuds and, you know, everything like that. And it's all meant to basically, I think in the long run, uh, you know, distract and uh, control program these young people into believing whatever you know whatever the whatever it is that they've targeted at that moment but you know it's really sad this is where we're at in this country and in this world and you know you talk about bringing your your i still say it's a, i'll be shocked if it's not a son that's my prediction is that you're having a son but um you're right you know I, we, listen, when I was growing up, I mean, we never were trained for anything in the real world. Not really. You know, uh, you, we were able to just learn, you know, learn as you go. And then you get into the workforce and you realize how things really are and how hard things are, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, anyway, my point is, is that it, it, you, you have to take an active role as a parent to guide your kids. And the thing is, it's like you don't want to be talking about, you know, this whole sex ed thing really irks me with the elementary level. I mean, that's just not even necessary. I mean, maybe in sixth grade, but even in sixth grade, you know, I don't know. But my point is that you have to educate your children for what it is that they're going to have to endure or see. And you have to, you know, really um, get them to start critically thinking on their own because a critically thinking uh, you know, generation is going to hopefully 
change the way society sees things. And my hope is that I, I, I mean, I'm still a little bit of Pollyanna because I really am hoping some of this stuff does not happen. Like we've been talking about is going to, it, it's inevitably going there, but I keep hoping that there's going to be some divine intervention here. That's going to at least push it back for further, because I just, I just, uh, it just, when I hear, you know, I don't have children uh, of my own, but I worry about my nieces and nephews. They're all, you know, 50, 16 years old and under most of them are elementary level right now and it's just it, it really it breaks my heart to think of the world that they're going to have to live in with this tech tech not tech i can never say the word technocracy did i say that right <laughs> technocracy. technocracy anyway technocracy sorry um, but yeah, you know, when they, when I think about that, where they're, they're not, they might be out of a job because of friggin' robot. I mean, let's talk about robots for just a second. Did you see that Katy Perry, Perry thing last week? No. Uh, she was on stage in Las Vegas. Okay. Well, she was in, in on stage in Las Vegas and all of a sudden her eye would not open. I, I, I'm telling you that is not Katy Perry. <laughs> I believe it's a robot. Uh, her skin is perfect porcelain. I mean, everything, and it was crazy. It was like a glitch, an eye glitch, they're calling it. You can look at I mean, <laughs> everybody online that's talking about it. It was hilarious. And then there's a picture of her. There's another video from seven years ago where it, I, it looked to me like it was a robot or a mannequin or whatever. I don't know. She was on, I think, American Idol stage, and then all of a sudden it's kind of, you know, falls down on stage, and then they picked her up like she was a mannequin and carried her off stage. I couldn't. Oh my it. god! I mean, I'm looking at this of, eye picture. Yeah. yeah, either either she had Isn't a stroke from the vaccine and got Bell's palsy, or or yeah, it's like a robot melted. It looks That's... totally, and it was just crazy. And but look at her. She has. No, I mean, she looks like it's just all fake anyway. There's no way. I mean, you can't see any wrinkles. There's no. She's porcelain skin. I mean, it's insane. And I believe. I mean, listen. They've got uh, commercials of uh, claiming that they're working on it. But I mean, you you see commercials with robots running and all this. I mean, to say that I think a lot of these. This is my belief. I believe a lot of these. Um, Hollywood elites and stuff. The, about 2015, I remember seeing a documentary about these luxury bunkers that they had. There were these luxury bunkers, and it was like a whole apartment, whole city underneath, which we know that exists. Okay. And on the compound, they had their own security with security tower and everything. Um, and I believe a lot of these Hollywood elites are underground. They're doing their satanic crap and waiting for the whole world to implode. And then they'll come back up, uh, you know, just like snakes they are when, um, whatever they've gotten, you know, if the new world order is finally in place or whatever, then, uh, then they'll come up out of their holes, uh, like the snakes they are. So, you know, um, it's so interesting to me. It's it, it, well, when it's I either, saw that it, Katy Perry thing, it was crazy. Well, yeah, it's either that or a bunch of them have already uh, merged in and are like you know these transitional cyborg things. And I mean, so you know, it, it's interesting that you uh, 
brought that up because earlier you talked about sort of the carrot and the stick of how you get these people on board. And then you just mentioned your niece talking about like, why would Joe Rogan do it? And, And normal people have a very, like as you did. And I used to tell you that, you know, back when you were still, um, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have hope, but you were having hope that like Trump was gonna, you were hanging on to the end. And, and so I said to people, I, I try to put my mindset into the mind of a psychopath and try to figure out, you know, what they're going to do. Like back when you were doing investigating, you try to put your mind into the mind of a criminal or, and figure out, and then you're able to say like, is this guy really guilty or he's innocent? But I think a lot of what happens, we've entered a completely different world now in which the carrot and the stick are different than they used to be. And I, I used to believe that it was like money and at least, um, these guys believing that they were going to get this like perceived power, you know, or control that that's what you would offer them as the carrot. So you'd say, listen, whether you're a politician, a CEO, a talk show host, whatever it is, you know, if you go on our side and you help push our agenda, whatever that agenda they're sharing with them, we're going to make you rich and you're going to get to have your power. So you're basically speaking to someone who's naturally greedy and narcissistic to begin with. But now there's another element that didn't exist before and i'm truly convinced that this is part of what they're offering these people because you have to figure out how they have literally i'm talking about the top layer and the ones who are smart enough like a joe rogan is smart enough to think for himself and realize what's going on you're not going to just bribe someone unless they're a total psychopath and they don't really care about their kids or future grandkids to get on board with pushing something mm-hmm. that ends with genocide of humanity so you have to be offering right. them something more than just money and their little 15 minutes of fame and power and so i think they are offering these people immortality at this point i think they have to be coming to them with this this is where we're going but don't worry you're going to be part of the one percent that's going to have your mind uploaded to the cloud you're going to have a new biological Mm -hmm. body that we're going to grow for you in a synthetic womb and then we're going to strap on an exoskeleton suit like an iron man costume and you're going to have immortality that's the only thing i could think beyond money and perceived power because anyone who's in those positions knows they don't really have power uh, which which comes the stick, and the stick used to be blackmail, like Jeffrey Epstein's type blackmail. Like, well, we're going to release a video right. of you uh, having uh, sexual relations with a twelve year old or something. Well, that doesn't yeah. even really matter anymore because they've normalized all this through the wokeness that we've seen the yeah. last ten years. But the stick now, and this comes with the total control of technocracy, is that. You can have power, you can have money, you can have immortality, or we are going to destroy you. Now, what that means is that whether they're going to release a video like that or not, whether it's real, whether it's deep fake, it doesn't really matter. But it's not even that you're able to fight back because they control all of the soapboxes and all of the megaphones where you could fight back. So if they say to you, we're going to shut down all your social media, you're not allowed to go on any TV networks, no journalist is going to interview you, any independent podcast like the Dustin Gold Standard that tries to interview you, we're just going to shut their podcast down. So essentially, you don't exist. 
So not only are you not going to have money, power, or immortality, we are actually going to make you disappear. You're going to be living in a homeless tent. Like, they don't even have to kill you anymore. They just say, your bank account's gone, and you're not allowed to tell your story. You will live in a homeless tent tomorrow. You will literally be living under a bridge. We will take everything away from you. And as far as the public is concerned, the biggest audience you're going to reach is the nine other homeless people under the bridge that you live, that you talk to while you're standing over a barrel for a fire and cooking a can of sardines because you have no reach you're gone that's it over you can't launch a company they could literally take your money away they don't even have to explain to the public anymore why they're doing it they could just say trump was a tax cheat we took his account and we seized his apartment well where is he now nobody knows because nobody would know if you don't have a media reach nobody knows where you are so to me that's how easy it is and that's what they're going to do to everyone else on a smaller level because once they push us into a cbdc a central bank digital currency monetary system coupled with social score which i've said to the audience we're already technically in social score like i for this podcast to succeed which allows me to make money on ad revenue or getting people to sign up for subscriptions i have to sit here and say hey guys don't forget to give me a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it really helps well that's already social score that is me begging people to up my social score if you have a restaurant you need good reviews on google reviews or or yelp Uh, if you're on a gig app and they don't like you or don't want you making money anymore they just turn your account off so we're already technically under a social score system so everyone at the lower levels the 99 percent of the population is already subjected to this stuff in one way or another and the powerful people they can just do the same exact thing to them i mean this is why you take kanye for instance i don't believe any of this because if they wanted kanye gone they would just take his bank account and say you're not allowed on tv anymore bye well who's kanye where'd he go i don't know he doesn't have a social media account he lives under a bridge now (laughs) right either that or who knows i mean as as i understand i mean there's there could be like colonization on mars and all kinds of other crap going i mean we have no idea what they're doing i mean people could be going off world we have no idea I mean, you know, think about Antarctica, how, uh, you know, they could be, I uh, yeah, Antarctica is a whole other thing. But, I mean, there's so many places they can just disappear to. It's, it's crazy. We And you'd never know. You would never know. I mean, people who they say die or they claim die, I don't know if they're really dead. They might be just, you know, taken out of the matrix, right? Well, because I was going to say, you know what I was just going to say, something. Chrissy? Oh, you just blew my mind there. But no, no, you just blew my mind because for years, I think it started when uh, Hillary Clinton's brother disappeared. And you were saying, I think these guys are going to their underground bunkers in New Zealand or wherever, and then they're going to wait out the destruction. You know what some of these people possibly could have been? Some of these might have been people who were going to speak out, and they said, nope, you're gone. And now those people live under a bridge. (laughs) I mean, and then... Exactly. And they walk around going, do you know who I am? I was Hillary Clinton. Clinton's brother and people are like yeah look at that schizophrenic nutcase over there (laughs) I know right it's so interesting because you know oh it was announced and then there was no funeral or nothing you'd think he would have had a a big public funeral or something there was nothing and I just thought that was so weird he's probably underground you know doing his shit the way he always did before 
You know, uh, it's crazy. I mean, Fauci, I mean, Fauci should have been arrested. How many, how many, I mean, at this point, somebody, some of these public people need to be arrested publicly. They keep saying, oh no, it's all behind the scenes. I said, I don't have any documentation of that. I can't, I haven't been able to see anything and, you know, go back to that. Fauci and all these people that orchestrated this whole pandemic. The CDC should be shut down. The WHO should be shut down. All these organizations should be shut down at this point, and they're not. And why? Because it, they're not going to be. Everybody's like, "Oh no, they're going to be shut down. They're going to dismantle everything." And I, I, I'm just like, um, I don't well, see well, it's that like, happening. I just well, don't. it's like who? Who? Like who is going to shut them down? The government is going to shut down the government. Right. No. No, yeah, it's no. like that. That's the part I, I don't do understand. That. All these people think there's like these secret, you know, white hats walking around. All that does is further drive you into yeah. the illusion that there's good guys in the government at this point. And look, I'm right. not saying everyone is a bad guy, but part of the way that they're able to pull all of this off is because there's 99% of the world's population that goes to work every day helping build the technocracy. They just don't realize what they're doing. And then on top of it, they yeah. need a paycheck. So they need to, to bring home money yeah. to put food on the table. So they just go continue to do this. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, I'm not saying right? every scientist they and engineer know. is bad, but you have a no. large portion of people that went to school for STEM because that was pushed the last 20 years, you know, science, technology, mm -hmm. uh, mathematics, engineering, that are helping build right. the technocratic transhumanist state for these guys. They go to work every single day. That's why I listen to a lot of these military scientists on podcasts. They're allowed to speak openly and they talk about they need buy-in from the public. They don't really care whether you or I buy into it. They need their little minions that work in the laboratories to buy in. So if they come yeah. in and go hey listen we need to do a gain of function on the monkey pox and you go what are you fucking nuts uh, they didn't, can't have right. that happen so they need those people to buy in which is why they have to sell this like oh no 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 we're not going to really yeah. do a uh, release a deadly monkey pox we need that so we could build the vaccine that protects people from a deadly monkey pox and so that's the buy-in exactly. That's the problem. And, you know, and, 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 you know, it's, these people are not bad people. They're just, you know, they don't understand. They're not looking at the big picture. And sometimes it's easier to live your life that way when you're not. I mean, in some ways, I wish I was not awake because, boy, it was so much fun when I was, all I cared about was a soap opera. I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what new fall shows are coming out, you know? I mean, and, and I, I mean, I always knew that there was, you know, even as, I did, I'll tell you this real quick. I was a, uh, when at 12 years old, I did a research uh, project, a research paper on the JFK assassination, okay? And and little 12-year-old me, I don't know, I didn't know nothing from nothing at back then. And through my research, yes, I went to a library and I looked it up on the little cards, you know, where you had to look up the little cards to get your book. And I pulled all the books out, you know, old school. And... I figured out there was no way it was a it was a uh, a lone gunman. There was no way this guy was killed. Blah, blah blah. I mean, like little twelve year old me knew that, and I always had this feeling or knowing that you know the world's only run by a few uh, people, and uh, you know everything else is just you know whatever. So I just never really paid attention as much when I was younger, and you know as a teenager or whatever, you know. 
And then, of course, you know, you go to college and you do other things and then, you know, you start paying attention. I mean, 9-11 was a big thing. Um, and even then I was Pollyanna. I mean, I truly hmm. I bought the whole story hook, line and sinker. I was calling in to 710 radio here, the talk radio about, you know, going to Afghanistan and, you know, the whole war. I mean, they put me on the radio. They would. And, you know, I'd be debating with these people. I mean, like, and I was so for it. I mean, I watched all those hearings where they said, oh, we have to invade Iraq. Look at, remember, they, they showed us, oh, well, look at, you know, there's weapons of mass destruction there. Blah, blah, blah. I bought it all. I bought it all. And then, you know, you start to research stuff when I started kind of like, okay, 2015, really, I really think, and, and not for nothing, no matter what we think of Trump, good, bad, or in between, he did, because of him and because of him running, so many people started researching stuff, okay? And yeah, I mean, the Q movement, I mean, it's just another, another way of, 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 I don't know what, uh, trying to, um, I think, distract, okay? I think it's the way I think. But a lot of the information was real. I was on Twitter the day it came out. The day Q was out on Twitter, it was October 28, 2017. I was on Twitter, okay? And I started following it. I mean, you know that. I started following it and then I started researching it. And it's just the, the, the research, the stuff that's on there is true. But they were they didn't care because they wanted to, you know, it doesn't matter to them that the truth is out there because now they can hide, they can come out of the shadows and they can operate free and clear and nobody's going to question anything. I mean, that uh, that's what the, the ultimate, I think, goal of that was, really. And the other goal was like to keep, you know, pe patriots, people who love the country, people who want the country back, right, the way it used to be, you know, our factories running, coal. You know, we don't manufacture anything in this country anymore. That's why they're controlling us. That's why all these people, you know, they're able to control with the shipping and the, you know, the what they're allowing all the, the truckers, all of that. Because we don't, we don't do anything in this country anymore. We're like one big tit and, every, and everybody's sucking off of us. That's all we are. And so I really am hoping and praying in my mind that enough people wake up in every single city and town and they start trying to you know push through and and you know we need to go back to americana 1950s when we were producing stuff and and stop relying on china i mean china really is that is that where we're at i mean do you know how much how much uh how many companies and how much land they own in this country i mean let's not even talk about that that's scary yeah. these people Everybody that owns property, you got to remember too, once this new world order thing, I mean, they have control over the land. They're going to be telling people what you can do if you can even go there. Do you even think we're going to be able to go state to state? I mean, there's so much that is involved. And so um, I don't know what my point was. It just kind of went off on a little tangent <laughs> there. But I mean, it's just, you know, when you go crazy, when you, I mean, when you look at everything, there's so many aspects to everything you you can you can just i mean you could research till the cows come home it's all out there you don't have to believe dustin or i um but the bottom line is is that you know we have to somehow gain control over our local stuff things that we're doing in our 
in our own communities. And I think if we could do that, even that would be something, you know, moving forward. That's well, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And, and we're going to talk about your uh, book in a second and wrap this up. But I want to let's tie this back into into Halloween for a minute, because I've been trying to figure out how to work oh, this yeah. in here. And you <laughs> just well, you were just talking about Trump coming in and all the rot and the decay and the corruption mm-hmm. and the poison and all this stuff being exposed. And then QAnon doing the mm-hmm. same thing, but then obviously you didn't get the result, which is a bunch of people uh, getting arrested or Trump draining the swamp or locking Hillary up. And as I mentioned earlier, if you look at the plans coming out of, say, Peter Thiel with this new right movement, which uh, I get into mm-hmm. in depth on the show, so I don't want to do it all here. But basically what they did is they moved a bunch of people from the left over to what they branded now as the new right. And so right, this idea right, right. of uplifting this monarch, and I told you they want Trump to do it again. And the idea is to make everything, not to saying it wasn't, but they may have amplified it. You know, every, every government is corrupt, even at the local level. But if you amplify the corruption, yeah. you end up making the entire system seem maybe even more corrupt than it actually is. Now, I'm a small government guy. I'd like to see most of the departments uh, gone. I'd like to basically do a reset back to our founding, which I've explained would be impossible to do anyway because we started as 13 colonies with two and a half million people. Only half a million voted. Now we have 370 million people. We're 3,000 miles wide. We have 50 states, dozens of territories, 900 military bases around the world. It would be impossible to reset us because that form of government can't work with such a large population. Now, if you want to operate basically on you know, a a republic concept at a local level. Yeah, that could definitely work. So I would agree with tearing down the system and handing back control to the local governments. Of course, I told you this idea coming out of Thiel is to concentrate all power under this king. So you amplify the rot and the decay in order to draw people into accepting the technocracy via this... um, this uh benevolent king idea well it's funny because i was looking at a story i was trying to bring out on halloween candy and i was interested in understanding remember when we were kids they would talk about uh did they do that you're like 10 years older than me did they do that at school where they would talk about watching out for razor blades and needles and broken glass and the candy did they yeah. do that with oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, well that yeah, that was like when I was yeah, when I was a teenager that started coming out with all the oh we gotta be careful where we gotta check Andy because there's razor razor blade in it or needles or yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Well it's funny, sure. so I, I, I pulled up <laughs> some I pulled up something on this, right? So I, I'm looking at the uh, the current system, let's say the crumbling constitutional representative republic uh it's just now we know is corrupt it is treason there's sedition elections are all stolen or whatever so it says poison candy myths are urban legends about uh malevolent uh uh strangers intentionally hiding poisons or sharp objects such as razor blades needles or broken glass and candy and uh, distributing the candy in order to harm random children, especially during Halloween trick-or-treating. 
And it says these stories serve oh as a modern God. cautionary tale to children and parents and repeat two themes that are common in urban legends, danger to children and contamination of food, right? So it's talking about this. I'm, I'm looking at like the Constitutional Republic now is just packed with razor blades and needles and broken glass. And so what people are going to be offered is... You know, you want the pure candy. You want this new freedom, this new liberty, this new system under this king, this techno-fascist king. And the techno-fascist king is just, he's the pure candy. You no longer want this rotting, decaying, needle-stuffed constitutional republic. Right. But, here, but here's the truth. I, I looked up the history of this, and it says... In the 1890s and 1900s, the U.S. Bureau of Chemistry, in conjunction with state agencies, tested hundreds of kinds of candy and found no evidence of poisons and adulteration. These tests revealed that inexpensive glucose, which was a form of corn syrup, was in common use for cheap candy that some candy contained trace amounts of copper from uncoated copper cooking pans and that coal tar dyes were being used for coloring, but there was no evidence of the many types of poison, industrial waste, garbage, or other adulterants alleged to be present. Eventually, the claims that children were being sickened by candy were put down to indigestion due to overheating or to other causes, including the food poisoning due to improper cooking, hygiene, or storage of meat and other foods. And just think about the candy that we're giving our kids today you don't need to kill kids with razor blades and needles and broken glass you're killing the kids with the corn syrup pack candy that is actually what's killing oh, them yeah. so as you look at this new techno fascist king that peter thiel and the new writer are going to offer you this pure candy it is not in fact pure candy the king itself is the poison although they're trying to tell you that the constitutional republic is so corrupt it can't be fixed it can't be restored it's full of razor blades it's full of needles it's full of broken glass so we're going to give you the real candy but the real candy is the king and the king itself is going to kill you with the glucose and the food coloring and the other poison so although they try to make it look so sweet and wonderful that is actually the poison maybe to be honest the corrupt constitutional republic isn't so bad when you look at the alternative <laughs> which is a hell of a lot worse <laughs> because i don't want to live under a freaking technocracy i'll tell you that much i know me either i mean i'm ready to i mean i'm you know yeah i mean i i, I vacillate in between you know, you to just ditch the cell phone and go back to the landline if that's even possible and then, you know, being completely off-grid would be nice on some levels, then on other levels, you know. Like you said, yeah, it's, you have to come to a balance of it all, basically. And, you know, unfortunately, we're in a prison planet. That's where we're at. Uh, the technocrats are in charge. And, uh, you know, we just have to learn how to navigate around it. That's all, you know, navigate through it. That is. Well, happens. before... It's going to be interesting. Well, before you go completely off the grid, let's talk about the book you've been working on the last few months. Oh, God, it's so funny. So, yeah, I had this, uh, this is so funny how this all happened, but I was actually working as an investigator, and this name, Kirsten Kelly, pops in my head as 
I'm like, oh my God. And then I immediately wrote a, actually it was a spec for a TV series called The Defenders before I realized there was a show before that called The Defenders in the 60s, I guess. Anyway, um, and then from there, it just kind of developed a story. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how this all, it just kind of came to me. The way that I get my, get stuff is sort of like it plays like a movie in my head almost. And then I just, you know, uh, write. It's, it's pretty amazing how it happens. But anyway, the book is called The Mystery of the Gold Coin. It is a Kirsten, Ke- Kirsten Kelly Chronicle. And it's going to be a book. It's going to be the first book in a series uh, of three for this one story. So there's going to be this, this one and the next one, uh, the other two are going to, it's going to be sort of a continuing um, saga almost for this. And then after that, um, she's, she's, Kirsten Kelly, she's a PI, like, like I, or an investigator, like I used to be. She's based in Seattle. Um, and it's just about this mystery that kind of plops in her lap. And it actually, uh, is going to be a little bit sci fi stuff in it. Um, she's going to be ending up being a star seed. You can, you know, research that anyway. And gonna, there's going to be portal dimensions, you know, stuff that I'm interested in, kind of. Um, but then ultimately throughout the, the book series, hopefully, you know, I'll be writing more than just the three. Uh, she'll be working different cases, uh, will come to her and it will eventually unfold the corruption within the justice system. And she's going to come to a realization as the series progress. That's what my hope is that I can just keep writing them and putting them out there. She's sort of, um, she's a little bit like, Nancy Drew, but not. She's sort of the modern day, but she's you know thirty years old. She's got a boyfriend. You know she's got she's got a better life than I do. No, she's kidding. Alter ego, sort of. But uh, you know, um, and finally, I you know I had written the original version um, years ago, and I was not happy with the ending of it. And then finally, finally, a few months ago, I'm like, oh, that's it, and I figured it out. So I've been revamping, re-editing the original book, and I fixed the ending, and I'm really happy with it. So now I'm just sort of in the editing stages of it. So I'm, I'm hoping to get it uh, at least the editing part done in the next three weeks. That's the goal anyway. And uh, hopefully it'll be coming to, I'm going to probably put it on Amazon. So coming to a uh, Amazon near you, I guess. <laughs> hopefully, fingers crossed, in the next you know, six to eight weeks is, is the goal. So we'll oh, see. Wow. So you're Can talking you about uh, uh, corruption in the judicial system. Yeah, we had talked about it a while ago, and I was saying to reach out to Legal Man. I've had him on the show uh, twice because he's been a lawyer for the last 40 years, and he talks about uh, all the corruption he dealt with. He was in criminal defense, uh, a lot yeah. of areas of law, but he just talks about how corrupt it is on his podcast, The Quash. But one of the things he pushes – 
uh, is a paper written by a guy named Lysander Spooner. Uh, it was called jury, um, jury trial by jury. And this guy talks about the history of the ability for the people that are only real check against government is jury nullification, which what it does is it allows you, if you serve on a jury, not just to listen to the judge's orders and find the person guilty or not guilty uh, based on the evidence, but you can actually find the person not guilty based on the fact that you actually reject the law. So if you're there in a case oh of someone God. who who jaywalked uh, and you j- and you want to say, um, you know, I don't even agree with this jaywalking law. This guy is not guilty because I don't agree on the law. But the fact is, over the years, it's been completely hidden. And so the judges now are actually trained and instructed to not allow the lawyers to actually present this to the jury, to tell them they have the right to strike this down if they don't agree on the law. and Because it is the last check oh for we the people to stand up to the government. And so right. he said if a lawyer in opening or closing statements even mentions it, the uh, judge will bring him to the bench, him or her, fine them, uh, and then declare a mistrial and do it all over again. If a juror actually tells anyone, if they know about this, in the back room when they're in deliberation, the the judge will find a mistrial and probably fine that juror. And so he, he's done over 20 episodes on this. So I had him on the show I filled in for Mike Moore on the Thomas Paine podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I had him on and we Uh talked about this and i'm working on trying to put another couple shows together with him because he's got a fairly large uh telegram group and then a lot of people from pain.tv slash gold got interested and started writing to me like how could we actually organize an educational campaign around this and so i said to him look you talk about it from legal theory there are people interested in trying to do something. Again, a solution that people can work on in real life, other than stuff just right. in their personal life. Uh, and so I said, but I've got to talk to you as if I'm like Saul Linsky, the organizer, talking to you, the guy who knows the legal theory. But it would be quite interesting at some point in one of your books if you went down that road, if something happened in a case where there were juries that knew, uh, jurors yeah. that knew about it, because it's frankly fascinating. Um, and so throughout time, there's been a couple of cases now that people are doing research into this where they said somebody tried and it shut down. And I'm like, well, the whole idea, like legal man says is, you, you're not supposed to tell anyone that you know about it. <laughs> you just say not guilty when it's your, when it's your turn. <laughs> You know, and and right. so then there's people that bring up points. Well, what happens if a child molester gets off or a rapist? And he goes, well, this is where you have to somewhat bet on humanity. Like, are there going to be people that want a rapist yeah. running around or want a murderer running around? But it is our only check against the government. And he said, what will end up happening if you were to organize this in a test area, you know, a county that uh, you got to do it in a place with a federal district courthouse, too. But he said, um, what will end up happening is you'll clog up the system because you only need five to 10% of the population in that area on board with it. And then what will happen is now when people get arrested by the government for like a really stupid crime if they're confident that there's going to be one juror who knows about this they may say no i'm not going to take your stupid plea deal i want a jury trial 
Uh, everyone only accepts right. plea deals, he said, because it's expensive to go to trial and people fear the jury. But if people knew about this, right. then when they arrest you for something stupid, like speeding down a road that's a hundred mile stretch where there's nobody walking on the road and you're and they arrest you, right. you would say, I'm not paying the ticket. I want a jury trial. So he said It'll end up clogging up the system, but it's one of the only tools that we have to actually fight back against the state. And it really comes into play. I think it is important as we're going to start to see more of the social score system in place, CBDC. I mean, when they start creating all these new laws to regulate and manage that system, then maybe people now will say, no, uh, no, I'm not going to pay the fine or no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cop a plea with you. I want a jury trial. So just uh, as you move forward over the next several months, year, two years, as you're writing more of these books, that might be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And I know he, he would definitely talk to you. He, I mean, he is definitely the foremost expert on it at this point. That would be amazing to talk to him. Boy, I could, uh, I know. And I have an idea for a case already for book number four. Cause I've already got the first, the first three are this saga uh, and kind of, you know, laying the foundation of the characters that are in the book and it's fact fused with it's fact fused with fiction so i've got some historical facts so if you're a mystery thriller uh sci-fi uh in there there's a little bit of everything for everyone Hold on one second. You're turning into a. Hold on one second. You're turning into a. You're turning into a robot. Is the storm picking up there? No, yes. it's just it's sort of clouding back up again. It stopped for a little while, but it's it's. So I sound like a robot. Yeah, you I sounded. You sounded like. Robot, you sounded <laughs> like what Katy Perry's face looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! But uh, so yeah. So I don't know when. When, when did I start uh, sounding like a robot? Oh, <laughs> uh, just a couple. Just a couple of seconds ago. But it was a good Halloween effect. But um, no, That's is there? Is, is there? Uh, yeah, I know we got to wrap up. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? Anything else about the book? No, I'm good. Um, just I hope you guys. Uh, I hope I'll come back on and talk about it. Maybe when it's when it's launched, and uh, hopefully, I think a lot of different people will like it because it it covers a lot of different genres, and it's a fun book. Listen, I read the I went read through the whole first version of it, and I actually it was pretty good. It was fun to fun to read, is what I will say. Um, but is but what I'm doing now with it, the re-edit, oh my God, it's going to be so much. I hope people will like it. I do. And I think that the characters are very um, realistic. I, I put them, I, I didn't want it to be like a total fantasy of who these people are. The char- main character, she's real. She's basically my alter ego. And uh, I just, I think it'll be a fun book for everybody to read. Just fun. Oh, I think it'll be get great. Out, to get out of it. Now, just an idea, I don't want to screw up what you've already done, but if you decide mm-hmm. to make any major plot changes, what I would do is probably turn Kirsten Kelly into a anti-hero. So she's fighting for justice, but at night, she actually eats people. So she's a cannibal <laughs> by night. 
<laughs> but a warrior for justice by day. I know, right? <laughs> Just fighting, yeah, eating people. Oh God, that'd be so. Oh gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and, and you he's can an get anti-hero for sure. But I don't know about the candle delivery. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you he's can. Not, he's not part of the Illuminati. <laughs> you can get people to cheer her on because she's like, I am a warrior for justice, but I cannot serve justice by day unless I eat a human arm at night. And so the audience is cheering her on like, I hope she gets to get to that little kid in the playground and eats him because she's not going to be able to serve justice by day if she doesn't get to eat the child. Oh my God, that's <laughs> hilarious. Well, I don't think that'll be the plot, but thanks anyway. <laughs> well, that could be for it. the hollow. That could be for the Halloween edition. I mean, what the hell, you know? Yeah, the Halloween edition. Yeah, a year from now, just look for that book, everyone. <laughs> no, what you should what you should do is basically you go four or five books in, everything is normal. Uh, you know, you really understand the character, you decided you like her, you buy into the story. And then book six, it's just kind of like what happened to us after March 2020 as we entered COVID Land, the high school theater production, and everything just changed. Just at the beginning of book six, it just opens with her sitting at a table with a chainsaw and an elderly man, and she's just eating him out of nowhere. It doesn't make any sense to the script, but then you just find out that the Wednesday before the book starts, she just decided that she was going to be a cannibal now. Just out of nowhere. It yeah. just happened. Just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Kirsten Kelly cannibalism <laughs> 101. <laughs> yeah. Kirsten Kelly. Kirsten <laughs> Kelly. Seattle Chainsaw Massacre is one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> alright ladies and gentlemen oh, Chrissy Piccolo for the Halloween we had to end it with some Halloween gore there so that's why I had to do that folks now everyone should uh, yeah. should leave this interview look out for uh, her book coming out in the future we'll have you back on when you do that in the meantime folks go watch something wholesome with the family like the Netflix Jeffrey Dahmer series. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.